Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 160 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and as always, I'm joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. How you doing? Doing good. The room is cool today. Uh, I, I was surprised. 160 is getting up there. It really is. It kind of almost feels like a new decade of episodes. I it mean, does. It, it isn't, but you kind of make that turn. And it's like a whole new era yep. of the podcast. Yep. Reevaluate. Yeah. At this uh, 160, going into 170. Getting closer to 200, mm-hmm. which we will really have to do something special for that. But yeah. uh, we're not quite there yet. Nope. And we've got a whole bunch of fun things to talk about today because recently summer games fest happened the xbox game showcase the one everyone's talking about the capcom showcase yeah so many things came out of that really big announcements so we're of course going to cover all that kind of share some highlight thoughts coming away from all those conferences that we kind of predicted two weeks ago and then i thought it'd be a good time a couple weeks before some of those big summer games that we're anticipating like final fantasy 16 i think it'd be a good time to check in see how some of our gaming goals and resolutions are going that we had coming in at the top of the year of 2023 and also kind of talk about okay now for the rest of the year what do we want to focus on what are some of the games that we still want to play maybe some of those games earlier in the year like hogwarts legacy star wars jedi survivor whatever that we want to clean up or go back to and return to towards the tail end of the year as we we start thinking about game of the year ryan i mean it's kind of crazy but we're already halfway through the month of june yeah some good games have been played, though. Yeah. It's been a salt. I mean, I know going into this year, just going back to December, where we were like, hey, what all is coming out? And just the laundry list of it's it was hard to create a 10 mm-hmm. or a top 10 for most anticipated. And the first half was strong. And we have some big games coming out. The rest some of heavy the hitters. Yeah. No doubt about it. So, yeah, at the back end of the show, we'll be going through um, again, mid-year interview, how have the first six months been going, and what are the next six months going to look like in terms of games we plan to buy, play, and uh, how many Platinums is Rusty going to get? How many hours does Ryan anticipate playing in both Minecraft, Minecraft and RuneScape? Uh, I have a feeling that I am absolutely destroying him in our bets that we had, our gentleman's bet in the beginning of the year. <laughs> Uh, but we'll, we'll get to all those numbers and metrics at the tail end of the show, so don't even worry about it. Uh, if you're new here, we tend to talk about the games we've been playing recently. We kind of kick off the show talking about any relevant life updates we want to bring to the show, and then we have those beefy main topics. We typically clock in between two, two and a half hours. We're here for a while, so we hope the episode finds you well. Hopefully, you're cozy on up in the summer months, chilling on the couch, playing some great video games, because there's a lot out there right now. We've got Tears of the Kingdom, Diablo 4, Street Fighter 6. There's just a whole heck of a lot of things to chew on right now. Yeah, most definitely. It's good times, but I guess we'll just start, Ryan. I mean, how the heck have you been the past two weeks? It's been pretty chill these last couple weeks. I had a business trip, uh, headed out to West Virginia oh, for gosh, a couple of days. Oh, gosh, God's country, man. Yeah. I mean, it's not a terrible drive from where we're at. Three hours, just chilling in the car. Beautiful state. I mean, going through the hills. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that that was a quick trip out there. And what then- do you... So it, you typically, I would think, work kind of an eight to five, nine to five, whatever. Um, were you there with any other coworkers? Yeah, two. Okay. Uh, one get- of my equivalent level, like a buyer level, and then my boss. As okay. Well. Did you guys grab some some good food at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we went to like an original Italian place. Ooh. Um, 
Yeah. So last time I had a steak, I got some pasta this time. Mm. So I can't go wrong with fettuccine Alfredo with some grilled, like, blackened chicken. And uh, fettuccine Alfredo after three garlic breads is the heaviest thing you will ever eat. It's just a lot. Now, did you run a 5K after this, like Michael Scott? Uh, I I sank in a pool and nearly drowned. (laughs) Luckily, I ran before I went, so it wasn't terrible. But Mm. yeah, I... I very rarely eat fettuccine Alfredo, and when I do, I've it kind of puts me off for a couple of years. Mm. It kind of <laughs> okay. satiates that urge. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, not so that was good. Um, and then besides that, I mean, I think that phrase from Batman: mm. "You either die a hero or live long enough to become a villain." And oh, yeah. I think I've become that villain. Uh, I I've always been an advocate for anti-running. Yeah, I, just running's the worst. It is, yeah, for sure. And I've slowly started doing two miles every morning. Okay, before work. Yeah, and I feel like a horrible person because I've always been against these type of people, yeah. and now I'm one of them. Okay, so I've I've turned to the dark side in my mind. Well, that's good. I mean, how do you get yourself all jacked up to do that? Are you listening to like audio? Oh, caffeine. Yeah, because I mean, I get up around six. Okay, and then I I don't I can't roll out of bed, so I usually have. Like two water bottles, like this size, so maybe fifty ounces of water, mm. and then a glass of coffee, and then uh, get there. Just mm. slug my way over to the gym and get it done. Good for you, man. Hashtag get swole. That's right. We are in, <laughs> we are officially in bulking season. Yeah, no. yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I, I think you're supposed to focus more on the weightlifting and less of the cardio when you're in bulking season. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I, I think like summer if we're going stip- stereotypical bodybuilding stuff mm-hmm. you should have already cut going into the summer so you look <laughs> shit you, you're like oh i missed that face yeah <laughs> there, you'll get them next year yeah your hot girl summer that's right that's right we're all we're all trying to get there yeah in one way or another uh, well good stuff yeah. i'm glad you got a nice little running routine going on yeah besides that just i have a trip out to oregon next weekend for a wedding so that'll be fun that's exciting um, have you ever then, been on the west coast no uh i mean we've we flew through California to get that to Alaska. That doesn't no, count. I haven't really explored out there. Okay. Good yeah. stuff. I mean, I guess we Colorado is kind of on the it's kind of yeah. middle of the west. It's adjacent to the west coast. <laughs> yeah. Kind of out that way. Yeah. So um, Yeah. It'll be a good time. Good stuff. We'll have to report back in a couple of weeks because I want to hear about it. And because we'll probably take about a month off because you're going out to the west coast, then you're going to the east coast with yeah, your dad. Up to Canada. Um, so, hey, if anyone wants to join Rusty, Ari Lewis, 2011, <laughs> for the Otaki Brothers podcast in two weeks, you know, we'll chat it up. We'll talk about what we're playing. We'll get down on some Final Fantasy 16 impressions. I'll write your boy. All right. Yeah. Slip into my DMs. I'm, I'm taking a open casting Fill call. Fill that vacancy. <laughs> open casting call for Rusty uh, or for Ryan's seat on the Otaki Brothers podcast. One week. That's it. All right. And then Ryan's back. So Yeah. Shoot your shot. So you got to try to uh, dethrone me. That's right. You have Good 90 luck. seconds to sell your pitch. <laughs> yeah. All right. 90 seconds yeah. to sell me on why you would be a great co-host on the Otaki Brothers podcast. All right. Send your video to Otaki Brothers podcast at gmail.com. Uh, Ryan and I will be reviewing those over the next two weeks. And then yeah. uh, we'll kind of get the candidate pulled down to about three. Mm-hmm. We'll interview you and then we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and if there's like one or if there's two or more, we'll just put you in an octagon and you could fight it out. Exactly, <laughs> man. Yeah. This is serious Otaku business. Otaku brothers. All right. 
our fight million, to the death. <laughs> our millions of followers only want the best behind these mics. Exactly. So. That's how I earned this spot, to be honest. So. Yeah. 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 Well, um, how was your week? <laughs> it was pretty good. Uh, no fighting in octagons. Good. Um, I did do something that I can't really talk about because it is a bit secretive. Uh, but let's just say I'm chasing my dreams, man. Good. And it feels That's- good. Um, just like you, you're just chasing your dreams out there, running, running. Yeah, sure. That's what I'm chasing. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're not running from something, Ryan, that's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all about the journey to the destination, right? <laughs> I'm like, sure that's on a plaque somewhere. <laughs> something like that. Uh, but no, it was a good week. Uh, kind of busy with work and stuff. Didn't play too many video games, but I did play one particular game that I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about because I played it earlier in the year when it first released it was kind of uh, rough around the edges, to say the very least, but they patched it up and uh, I've been enjoying my time with it. Okay. So cool. we can get to that here pretty shortly. But with that being said, we might as well just transition right into the games played because I want to hear what you've been playing. Okay. Or maybe I don't actually because... You I've, know what I've been playing. <laughs> I mentioned it the other day. Yeah, that's uh, right. I mean, Tears of the Kingdom has been the big one for me. I, I mentioned it last time that I restarted after getting 120 hours through my mm-hmm. first playthrough. Um, I, I want to say I'm up to around 200 hours in the game, so I've RPG'd the crap out of this game. Um, I got to the final boss um, in my first playthrough, and what I did on that is, I mean, similar to Breath of the Wild, you have the different dungeons, mm-hmm. and if you decide to just s- speed run it to the final boss you can just boss rush the final bosses of each one of the dungeons all in succession. Okay. And I did that on my first playthrough because I'd gotten to a point where I'd maxed my armor. I'd gotten all the end game weapons. I'd done stupid stuff to be how I usually play RPGs really powerful. And on this, this current playthrough, I didn't upgrade any of my armor. I saw base stuff. Um, and I went through and now I'm at the final boss. Wow. So, I've played a lot of Zelda, <laughs> and there's so much left to do. I've kind of not beelined it because I did put another 80 hours. If 80 hours is a beeline, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, I'm kind of at the point where I don't want to. I've gotten through the m- multiple phases of the final boss, but I don't want to have it save. Yeah, yeah. So um, that way, I can feel like it's easier for me to hop back in and do all the side stuff. Do you know when you roll credits in Tears of the Kingdom? I mean, I have to imagine it's a game where you can go back to your last save or something. I can't remember if in Breath of the Wild it resets before you go into the final yeah. boss. It might do that. Okay. Um, I just don't want to risk it. Yeah, for sure. Having gone through, have, have already having already beaten the final boss kind of on the play, first playthrough. Yeah, I'll I'll leave it for a later date. Here's what I think you should do. I think you should go fight the final boss. Figure out that. The game just ends. You can't go back to your previous save and just restart their game again for a third time. Don't tempt me, Satan. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I So not to get on a freaking rabbit hole. The reason I restarted and I mentioned this last time was because of the compendium. <laughs> yeah. And uh, how, how deep are you into that now? Oh, I'm, I'm really close to completing most of the things. Okay. Um, a lot of the pictures for the, the boss or the enemies that you face are kind of the main bosses okay so i do have to and it doesn't save if you get out of there so mm-hmm. like the final few phases of the final boss you have to take pictures of 
So I think those are probably missable. That's stressful, man. It is. And then, so for like the robot-y guys, you have just a normal construct and then you have a captain. Mm-hmm. And I've, there's one through four for base and for really for both of them. I have one through four for the normal constructs. I have one, three, and four for the captains. And I have no idea where to get a second one, like a level two captain. Yeah. Because everything based, like when you kill a boss or a Lionel or whatever, there's a behind the scenes kind of XP system. Yeah. You told, yeah, you talked about this briefly. Yeah. So I think I've leveled past getting that uh, screenshot. Okay. And that sucks because it's not just that, like the enemy, but it's also the uh, material that you can get from him. That they drop. Yeah. And I need that material to upgrade a specific armor that I would wear the entire time. Mm, Okay. So maybe a third playthrough. Dude, you just got to do it. You know what I mean? The writing's on On the wall. On Breath of the Wild, eventually they introduced a hard mode. So there was base, which I've went through as well on the original game so maybe on the third playthrough when i do hard mode mm-hmm. um i'll get it right okay yeah we'll see well best of luck with that man yeah thanks yeah maybe another 200 hours i'll do something right yeah um so yeah i i'm kind of rpg'd out and i, I think that's reasonable after putting 200 hours straight in like two weeks yeah it's into a, a game like that's that's like a month worth of a full-time job. Yeah, yeah. So. That's pretty much, I think I've beaten 18 games this year, and that's about how long it took me to beat 18 games. Yeah. That you put in like a month into Zelda. When I go, I go hard. It's true, man. I mean, it's yeah. kind of like me when Ragnarok came out, God of War Ragnarok. I beat it in like a week or 10 days or something like that. Cane Bridge of Spirits, I beat that in like three days. Mm-hmm. Last was Part 2, kind of painful, but I beat that in three days. There are certain games that you and I just kind of go all in on. Yeah, it was funny. I was I saw an Instagram short going down the rabbit hole of just scrolling at 11 o'clock at night. And there was this dude who had put, it was like he was playing Diablo 4. Mm-hmm. And he put 70 hours into like a hardcore character. And I, I think hardcore characters on Diablo work similar to how they do on RuneScape, where you die one time and it deletes your account. That sounds or stupid. Or basically you can't play it again. Yeah. Um, RuneScape had kind of downgrades you from hardcore just to a regular Iron Man, but same concept. Mm -hmm. And he's like 70 hours and then he dies just like instantly. And the first comment is like old school runescapers put a thousand hours into a hardcore account, die and immediately make a second account. And it's just like, (laughs) those aren't hardcore runescape players, Ryan. Those are addicts. Yeah. I mean, you never really quit runescape. (laughs) (laughs) You do. I mean, I think there's a phrase for painting or like art. It's like an art piece is never truly done. You've just put down the brush or the pen. Yeah. And I think it's like that for RuneScape. Put down the AFK. It's it's always calling your name, just whispering sweet nothings next to you Uh you, at night. But um, yeah. Answer the call. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought I was, well, I was texting you because my membership ran out this week uh-huh. and it was like hey i have one day left and then my credit card didn't work because jagex is a company in the uk and my bank i called my bank i was just like in panic mode. i was like dude i've tried to pay for this and he's like it's going through on our side it's jagex's fault i'm like i don't know what to do i've tried every combination of every address that i've ever had on my bank 
And uh, this is all in an effort to keep playing RuneScape. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. For sure. I was just, it had been like two days that my membership had been gone. I'm like, I've got birdhouses to fill yeah. with birds. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I ended up taking, I, I created a PayPal mm-hmm. and I put my credit card on the PayPal. And Dude, welcome to the new world. You know what I mean? Yeah. For some reason, my credit card. Maybe Jagex sees PayPal instead of the credit card, but I use the same credit card that they won't accept on the website, just raw. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know what, it just works, I guess. It's like a Bethesda game. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm a member now. Nice. Yep. I haven't really played uh, these last couple weeks because Ben created a Minecraft server. Oh boy. So the other drug of choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it. For me, it's been so long since I've played Minecraft, and it's a completely different feel from playing like just a single player world where mm-hmm. it's, hey, I have to mine all of this, and no one's really going to see it unless I invite Ben over where we show each other our progress kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I know in college, we created a Minecraft server for like Rick, Ben, and I, which was a ton of fun. Um, so having people being able to like, Hey, can you do this farm and I'll work on this and we can like come to a, a similar goal and then ultimately help each other out. Um, so it's been fun to do that. Is it possible to do cross platform? Because I, because of Ben, very good friend of yours from college and high school. You want the platinum. Well, so <laughs> I bought Minecraft on PlayStation four. There's a nice little trophy list there. Yeah, Lauren still has Buffalo winter account. Not only care about Lauren's account, I care about cross platforms that I could play in your server on PlayStation while you guys are playing on PC. Is that a thing? No, one is Java edition and then one is Bedrock edition. Mm. Um, so the original one that's on the computer is Java and then Bedrock is what they do for like Xbox. Well, I guess my Minecraft journey will still be on hold for a while then. You could still do Java with us. No, no. Uh, so it's been fun. I mean, we... You, we had this typical start to our world where you make a dirt hut and then he logged off for the night and I stole his house and I turned it into like a hobbit hole and I'm kind of doing like an underground kind of Bilbo Baggins type hobbit uh, hut where I have pretty much everything I need. And what's cool is at spawn, because if you die anywhere in the world, you have to have the spawn chunks of the world kind of loaded just in case someone's bed broke, which sets your spawn. So those chunks are always loaded. So if you build a farm that's automatic in spawn, it's always going to be running. You were speaking a different language right now. Okay. When you start a world, there's a world spawn. All right. And it's always loaded. So any if you're like a thousand blocks away, you're, those spawn world spawn chunks are going to be active. So if you put I believe it, you. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about. I'll just nod and say yes. And so I created an iron farm, which iron is really good for trading with villagers to basically, villagers break the game, but it's really nice to not have to go mining. Okay. So yeah, we made a skeleton farm for XP and then I immediately went into a quad uh, iron farm, which is just pumping out. I think the current rate when I was running rates yesterday, an hour produces 500, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot of iron. Um, so get gets us emeralds. And then from emeralds, you can buy all the armor and tools and stuff you need. So I went hard on villagers as well. So yeah. Good stuff. Hey man, Not, as long as you're having fun, 
um, and boosting those Minecraft hours spent numbers, that just means that, you know, I might pop another plat here in a few days. Oh, I, it means that I'm I'm buying you lunch or dinner yeah. <laughs> at the end of the year. That's exactly what that uh, means. I don't know how to, the problem is, and you're going to say this is a cop out, but I don't know how to track individual hours on the server. I think it's fair to say that you're at least spending 40 hours a week playing Minecraft. And that's probably generous. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, at least these last couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't easy. sleep much in yeah. villages. Okay. So probably out 60 hours a week. <laughs> Minecraft. Because you're probably playing after work, during work, after work. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so he got it Friday. I didn't really do much last weekend. And then, yeah, after work. And then <laughs> sleep's optional, I've yeah. heard. Crunch the numbers. Yeah. So. We'll figure it out. And then RuneScape time. I, I mean, it really, it it's either one, either or really. So mm-hmm. play both at the same time, man. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Why limit yourself to one when you could do both? Yeah. Double up those hours. Yeah. Unlimited platinums for Rusty. <laughs> well, good stuff. Good stuff. Glad you guys are having fun. I'll squeeze kind of the lone game that I played this week in. Again, had something going on in the middle of the week. So most of the week was kind of preparing for that and work has just been kind of busy but I went back to a game, Ryan, that was one of my most anticipated games coming in this year. I pre-ordered it as soon as pre-orders went up. A little collector's edition for a 3D platformer called Clive and Wrench. Mm, the classic. I assume this was <laughs> not on your most anticipated list coming into this year. But it certainly had to have been on mine because this is kind of a throwback to those buddy 3D platformers from the N64, PS1, PS2 era where you're playing as Clive, this little bunny, and Wrench, the literal monkey on his little back. Mm-hmm. And I played this game at launch, put it on my PS5, installed it, and it was a little rough around the edges. The camera movement was sluggish as all hell, and I thought it was pretty much unplayable. And the unique thing about this game, though, is that it was developed by a singular person, as far as I know. Was it just a project for fun, or was the intent to actually sell it? I'm not really sure. I mean, I followed a lot of the development cycle because he has a Twitter account and over the course of this game's development, he was posting small clips of just the evolution of the character's movement throughout the game, level design, collectibles, all of that kind of stuff. It was really pretty neat mm-hmm. to to follow the game the past couple of years because he put a ton of stuff out on Twitter. And I think what may have started as just a fun little project evolved into what had to have been most of this person's life for years. Similar to like a Stardew Valley, right? That was one person as well. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, yeah, it clearly draws a lot of inspiration from games like Banjo-Kazooie, Spyro, again, games of that Super Mario 64. And again, when I played it at launch, it was super rough. So I figured, let me wait a few months, allow this game to be patched a bit before I return to it. And I think it's important to highlight some of the things it does well, but I also have to call out some of the things that are just, I don't want to say glaringly bad, but this game could could still use quite a bit of polish. Yeah, it is what it is, right? Yeah. But <laughs> One person, I mean, to even put out, how long is it to beat? A few normal platforming, like six hours, maybe? Yeah, it's six to 10. But I mean, if you want to collect everything, probably 12 to 15, maybe 20 hours. That's a big chunk of content to be singularly coding. Oh, yeah. No, it's... That's- it's, it's definitely a love letter to fans of the 3D platforming genre and also just a nod to the past of what we don't really see much anymore. I mean, we've gotten stuff like Ukulele, A Hat in Time, New Super Lucky's Tale, but we do not see 
3D platformers like we did, you know, during the N64, PS1, and PS2 eras. And this is definitely, his name's Rob, definitely a love letter to that era, I think. And so much passion and heart and charm has gone into the development of it. There's all kinds of fun, punny nods to games of the past where it's clearly drawing inspiration from. In its level design, there's like books and signs throughout the levels that, again, are, are direct call-outs and a play on words um, calling back to some of those earlier 3D platformers, which is pretty neat. But yeah, the game has its problems. It has about a 60 on Metacritic, which I'm almost surprised it's it's not less than that. I think the Switch game is probably at about a 40 just because it, it runs like ass on, on Switch, Yeah, as you might expect. Too. But when I booted up the game last week, I was happy to see that the camera movement had been patched, so it's much more fluid than it was at launch. Character movement, I think, is super smooth and fluid. Um, walking and running through levels. Jumping has a bit of a floatiness to it, but I think that's a bit purposeful in design because when you do a double jump, the little monkey has this little propelling feature. Mm -hmm. so you can kind of glide across levels to kind of reach collectibles and move around the world and stuff like that. So the floatiness doesn't really feel super jank and unpolished. I think it really was meant to complement the propel glide feature okay. uh, for Clive and Wrench. But yeah, I mean, you start the game, you kind of walk into this, this hub world where you can see uh, 11 different distinct levels. Yeah. And so as you walk to the front of each level, your character switches outfit to complement that particular world. So if you walk in front of the snowy level, he has like a little scarf on. That's cool. If you walk in front of the wild, wild west level, he has a little cowboy hat and a little holster for his gun type of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely a nice variety of levels Wild Wild West level, Ancient China, Graveyard, Ancient Egypt, and then your typical snowy levels and elemental yeah. differences that you expect in your 3D platformers. But what I hope to see in a good, strong 3D platformer is one, a great soundtrack. Because they didn't hire like a David Wise or a Grant Kirkhope who has a lot of history developing or composing music for 3D platformers, I'm pretty sure this was just done by the main developer. It's okay. Yeah. Like it, it certainly complements the levels that you're in and you have. Yeah, he pulled out his recorder and <laughs> just yeah, yeah. did it himself. <laughs> Nothing like uh, Yoshi's Crafted World. Oh, yeah. gosh. None of that nonsense. Uh, but yeah, the music is is certainly serviceable. But what I really look for in a good 3D platformer, especially one that kind of is built upon its collect-a-thon mechanics, is tons to collect. Mm -hmm. And this one has no shortage of that. I mean, when you walk into these levels, it's just a feast for the eyes for people like myself. You have... These little stopwatches that act as musical notes in something like Banjo-Kazooie or just coins in a Mario game. And then each level also has 10 medallions that you need to collect, which are basically jiggies in Banjo-Kazooie or stars in a Mario game that have you either finding them in a very hidden place in the level or doing a specific task for one of the NPCs that awards you or rewards you one of these medallions. So for the medallions are, is it similar to, or is the setup similar to like how uh, Mario Sunshine or 64 setup? Like it, it prompts you to a screen that says, hey, pick this individual kind of quest for this star or is it open world? Thankfully it's, you walk in, all the collectibles are there. It doesn't spit you back in the level or spit you, spit you back out of the level. Mm -hmm. When you walk in, all of the collectibles are laid out, both medallions and these little stopwatches. You can collect them to your heart's content and you can leave the level whenever you want or you can just stay there 100% the level and collect everything in one fell swoop, which is what I would certainly encourage people to do. It, it really reminded me a lot of 
Tinykin last yeah. year, one of my favorite 3D platformers to this point ever, but certainly one of my favorite games last year where the game does a great way or a great job kind of just propelling you throughout the level because you're constantly, you can just see these collectibles littered all over the place. Some of them, some of them are on platforms that you have to find a way to get up there. Some of them are kind of hidden behind certain ledges that you have to jump, hover or glide over to find them. But I just felt like you were constantly just running all over the place. And, yeah, and then opening up shortcuts to like allow traversal. Yeah, yeah. It was just so fun. I mean, these are the type of 3D platformers that I love to see nowadays because we don't get enough of them. And I certainly don't think enough people are playing or talking about Clive and Wrench because, again, at launch, pretty rough. The Switch version, I think, is glitched to all hell. Uh, but I think if you play it on PlayStation or certainly Steam, I was looking at the reviews on Steam and it's mostly positive, around 70%. A lot of people have great things to say about it. And again, when you remind yourself that this was developed by one person, you've got to give the guy the benefit of the doubt, yeah. right? He put a ton of time and energy into this. Hopefully it's provided um, or it's been successful for him financially because I'm sure he put um, not only a lot of time, but I have to imagine he put a lot of uh, money mm-hmm. into the development sure. of this game. And, and it certainly shows in many respects, but again, there, there are some areas where the game probably could use some polish and, and more patching. I mean, graphically... Nothing to write home about. I mean, this game probably could have come out on the Wii uh, or during that era, and you never would have known the difference. It was probably being developed during that era. It <laughs> so may it have was. been. Um, bugs and glitches are certainly apparent. Draw distance, when anything is flying um, in the distance, it, it's honestly just hilarious. Like, Oh, those it, bird mechanics that you were showing were great. Yeah, so in the ancient China level, there's this dragon. There's all these fireworks going on. And there's this giant dragon that's flying in the distance. And it's almost like watching a stop motion animated film being made in real time. Nice. Like this thing is just moving in like two frames per second across the sky. It is so jank, but it's not game breaking. Obviously, it breaks immersion and it looks ridiculous, but (laughs) you can't help but laugh. That sounds like a Pokemon game, (laughs) to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, uh, not Sword and Shield, but what was the most recent one? Scarlet. Scarlet and Violet. Birds in, uh, especially the ancient Egypt. ancient Greece level or Egypt for that matter, um, but especially in the ancient Greece level, these seagulls were flying into these pillars, and they wouldn't like clip out of that, or they wouldn't fly around it. They would just fly into it, get stuck, and just vibrate in place <laughs> forever, like until you left the level <laughs> and came back. They would never redirect, fly the other direction. They would just fly into the pillar. That sounds realistic. I think I've seen a seagull do that. And (laughs) vibrate. So that stuff is jank as all hell, but it doesn't, again, it's not game breaking. I never had the game crash. Um, There was one level that I had to restart where I was just jumping to a platform. I fell halfway through it and I just got stuck. Like I just, I wasn't, (laughs) I wasn't getting out of that. That only happened once. I didn't lose any progress because the game is constantly saving and auto-saving as you pick up these collectibles and stuff. At least for those type of glitches, you were able to get into a menu to get out of it. Yeah. Sometimes if you're falling like out of a world, it it sees you as falling, so you can't menu out. Yeah. So you're just screwed. You have to like restart everything. Yeah. So that's a little rough. Um, some of the more precise platforming, especially during boss battles, can be a bit frustrating at times. I mean, there are times where I know I'm not the one at fault here. It's just the games from a design standpoint, the levels, the platforms they have available to you to jump onto 
avoid oncoming obstacles and stuff like that is just not really designed that well. That can be frustrating at times because you do die. And um, again, the the checkpoint systems is very forgiving, but it's still frustrating Yeah, when it happens. Yeah. So sure, the game could be a bit more polished. The birds are all, over, are, are all over the place. But all in all, I think this is a really nice collect-a-thon 3D platformer that does nothing to move the needle forward um, like a, a new Mario game when it mm-hmm. releases. But if you're looking for an old-school collect-a-thon 3D platformer like your Banjo-Kazooie's, Mario 64's, give Clive & Wrench a shot. So is this a on-sale type buy? What, what's the price point which you think people would should get into it or that it's worth. Yeah. I mean, Rusty, Ari Lewis, 2011 and Blinkum are buying the collector's edition at full price. I think for most, most people, (laughs) you guys, most people should buy this game for, I want to say 20 or 30 bucks. I mean, I I want the developer to get the support. I think he rightfully deserves because he put a lot of time into this. I think it's a good 3d platformer that has some issues, but I think if you are patient like me, you're willing to look past them. Very nice. Which has kind of just been a testament to my past few games. You have Forspoken, had a lot of issues, but I think there's a solid game at its core there. And certainly Clive and Wrench, uh, for very different reasons, um, has some issues, but still a fun little 3D platformer at heart. Yeah, you got to avoid the the fully polished games like Tears of the Kingdom. Why play Tears of the Kingdom when you can play Clive and Wrench? Exactly. I mean, screw Triple A. That's right. (laughs) That's right. So please, people, give it a shot. Show the developer some love. He's certainly deserving of it. But yeah, Clive and Wrench was the main game I played the past week. Did you uh, play anything else? No, I just had a few movies that I watched uh, oh, yeah? that I didn't mention last time. Mario movie. Oh, yeah. Saw that with my mom in theaters. Uh, did a uh, father, or father, mother-son date, which mm-hmm. was fun. Uh, there, She didn't get most of the references, but I got a lot of them, and they're freaking everywhere. This movie is fantastic. Mm. If you've played one or if you've played all of the Mario games, um, it's it's so good. It, uh, you bought the movie. Did you end up watching it? We haven't watched it yet. No, we're planning to watch it uh, this weekend for sure. But yeah, I mean, I've heard nothing but good things from fans. I mean, critics, I just don't think get what it was really setting out to do. I think this is Illumination Studios, the people behind the Despicable Me movies. This is their Mm-hmm. highest grossing animated film ever. And I yeah. think it's like the third highest grossing animated film of all time at this point. It did very well. And I think it probably um, has earned illumination, the green light to make more Mario movies here. Yeah, in the near future. I've heard rumors of like a Zelda movie mm. as well, possibly, which would be weird because Zelda doesn't really talk or doesn't really have a voice. But, Link, but yeah. Um, yeah. Link. Uh, Zelda talks a lot, but yeah, no great movie. Uh, the soundtrack is amazing. It's I, I don't want to spoil any of the references. Just go out and watch this movie. Okay. It's well worth the twenty dollars per movie ticket nowadays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Well, at that price, just buy it. It's on Blu-ray now. Yeah. You can just get a copy exactly. yourself. Yeah. Um, and then I went through the paranormal activity uh oh, wow. set. How many of those movies are there now? <laughs> There's like seven. Oh my god. There's like the original one, two, and three, which are relatively self-contained. And then there's like first blood, first sacrifice, first whatever. There's a bunch of other stuff. Um, there's one with the Amish people. It, it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think overall, 
because one came out like last year, which was really surprised. I'm like, that's an early 2000s type series. Wait, what? You just said Paranormal One came out last year. No, one of the Paranormal movies oh, came a, out. Oh, a last new year. one came out within last year. the same universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know what you're getting into. They were low budget back in the day. I think they it was like ten thousand dollars was their budget for the first one, and it, it was like ninety million dollars is what they made. That's crazy. Those people were probably sitting on a beach somewhere, mm-hmm. just sipping a pina colada. But I, I, I'm excited to see more if they have more. I mean, they could really milk this thing, go Fast and the Furious with it. Yeah. Uh, but the, I think internally as they grow within the lore of paranormal, I'm. I'm making this sound way more deep than it really is. Yeah. But as a cohesive narrative, it has its kind of offshoots, like one or two stories don't really matter. But overall, the premise is, I think, fleshed out pretty well. Okay. Good stuff. Um, And then the last one, I'm probably going to see Guardians 3 tonight. So I might have impressions next time. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm a little tired on the Marvel stuff. Have been for a while. I think uh, the box office is certainly telling that the rest of the world is also pretty tired mm-hmm. of yeah. superhero movies. I've heard movies. good things about this one. But yeah, no, so. I heard good things about Guardians. Yeah. Well, good stuff. All right. Well, what do you say, Ryan? We kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about Summer Games Fest. Yeah, I'm down. Now, throughout the week, Jeff Keighley, the host of the show the past couple of years, was hyping it up, saying that there was going to be some huge announcement to kind of close out the show. He kicked off the show saying, you do not want to miss the very end. We have one final reveal that are gonna that's gonna blow people's minds, and uh, I think he he kind of accomplished that goal yeah. because they closed everything out with Final Fantasy VII Rebirth or Remake Part Two coming early 2023. And Ryan, the game's not coming on one disc; it's coming on two. On two, yeah. which is massive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know the exact amount that can fit on one disc, but it's over 100 gigs mm-hmm. for sure, based off of a Red Dead download disc. So. Is it, I don't think we ever got confirmation if it's one is a download and one is a playable disc or if they're both like download slash playable. That may have come out in a blog post. I didn't read anything about that. Yeah. If it's actually like, can you imagine you get halfway through the game and it says insert disc two now? Like that's just straight up a callback to PlayStation one. I love that. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably an installation disc. Yeah. It was just kind of odd that they made a note to, or made an effort to highlight that as part of the reveal. I think it's cool. I do too, but I just thought it was kind of bizarre that, I mean, yeah, exclusive to PS5 coming early 2024, and it's on two discs, by the way. It was just a weird tidbit to include on that. Yeah. No, I mean, hey, the more content, I still have to play. I mean, we're going to go into what we want to do later this year, and Final Fantasy VII is on my list. You have to play Remake, dude. I do. I have to get through that one, and I mean, I played maybe five hours of it, um, but... Yeah, the second one looks gorgeous. Oh my god! And gosh. the open world, I mean, it looks massive. When they opened that bunker and where you were introduced to this beautiful, lo- like, large green landscape, Aerith, holy mo- her face, like, her like, facial animations mm-hmm. looked incredibly next-gen. Yeah, looked as good as Starfield does with facial animations. Almost as good. Yeah. <laughs> Almost we're not as- quite to Bethesda quality, but we're up there. No, I mean, it looked fantastic. Um, combat looks as fluid as the first one. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that one for sure. Yeah, I'm pumped. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth coming early 2024. I think I said at the top of the this segment, I said early 2023. That is wrong. It's early 2024. Um, so definitely something to get excited about. 
Spider-Man 2 does not get a release date during the PlayStation Showcase, but Jeff Keighley squeezes it into Summer Games Fest coming October 20th. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. I mean, it looked fantastic. They had uh, what felt like a 15-minute gameplay mission Mm -hmm. that was played out. Um, I love the Venom aspect, how violent Peter Parker can get. Yeah. Um, you kind of feel that corruption. I mean, I straight up thought he was killing these guys. It looked like it, yeah. Um, and he definitely sounded more aggressive. Would be really neat, too, to see how I would I would have to imagine Mary Jane and Miles kind of team up to figure out a way to, like, bring Peter back. Mm-hmm. And then how that eventually kind of culminates into, I would think, kind of a bombastic ending where they're actually just... Miles and Peter as the real Spider-Man are teaming up to fight Venom and some of the other villains. Whether you got Green Goblin type, like, I mean, the first game had a ton of different villains. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sure outside of just Venom or whatever happens in that storyline, you're going to see some more of those Spider-Man cast. Be sweet. So we got a release date of October 20th. Summer Games Fest kicked off the show with Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, Coming next year, January 18th, 2024, kind of a 2D side-scrolling Metroidvania Mm -hmm. exploration type of game, uh, but in the Prince of Persia universe and no mention of the Prince of Persia Sands of Time HD remake. So I'm not really sure if that is still in development. It's been delayed a number of times, but honestly, I'm more excited for this than I am the, the Sands of Time remake at this point. Yeah, I mean, I never got through the new Metroid game. But because it was freaking difficult. So maybe this would be more up my alley. I did play Sands of Time way back in the day on the PSP, um, which is a fun time. Just reversing time and messing in time. But uh, that yeah. must have been Warriors Within the, the PSP game, because I don't Sands of Time definitely didn't make its way in the PSP. I know Warrior Within and whatever that what third was Sands game of was. Time on then? It was on PlayStation 2, GameCube, Xbox. Okay, then maybe I didn't play Sands of Time. Maybe but that was the first game in a trilogy of Prince of Persia games. Okay. So it was Sands of Time, Warrior Within, and then some other game I forget. Okay, cool. But, yeah. I guess I lied. Yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, Sonic Superstars is the next game I have on my list. A new classic 2D Sonic game coming later this year. It's been a while since we've had a Sonic game. I think mm-hmm. at least a decade. They rarely come out you know, nowadays. Yeah, I mean, and they're all just really well made from what I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is something that I kind of like probably got up to, to refill my coffee for. I'm not a huge Sonic fan. Neither one of us have. Yeah, that's when the person came to the door and you're like, did you, it was trying to sell you like, Hey, can I repaint your roof or whatever? And then you came back and you're like, was anything really mentioned? (laughs) I was like a Sonic game. You're good. (laughs) Let's jump back in. So I would like to play Sonic Frontiers, the open world Mm -hmm. kind of 3d platformer. I heard that was a little jank, but right on my alley. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I literally just spent 10 minutes talking about Clive and Wrench. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, yeah. bring on Sonic Frontier. So yeah, Sonic Superstars doesn't really do a whole lot for me, but I'm sure the Sonic fans out there were excited. The next game I was pretty pumped about, Alan Wake 2. Mm-hmm. We got an extended gameplay reveal coming October 17th. Perfect time for spooky season. I've read a little bit more into it that it sounds like there are two pl- uh, two protagonists that you kind of bounce between over the course of the game. Okay. It takes about 20 hours to beat. Uh, which sounds about on par with the first game. Again, the first Alan Wake game on the 360, you're playing as this writer, going through this spooky town, a lot of weird stuff's going on, big Twin Peaks energy, but didn't really lean into the survivor horror horror roots very Mm -hmm. much. This one seems to really be taking things up a notch, and it looks creepy as hell. Yeah, it did. This is definitely one I'm not going to get, but if it's coming out in October, I'll probably watch you play it. Yeah, 
Yeah, we'll get into the games we plan to play and buy over the course of the rest of the year towards the tail end of the show. Alan Wake 2 is very much a maybe for me, just because there's going to be so many other things going on in October. We've got Assassin's Creed Mirage, Spider-Man 2, uh, just too many games, man. Yeah, no kidding. Speaking of too many games, I about lost my mind when I saw this. (laughs) And I was probably like one of seven people in the world that even knew what this was. You see kind of this desert area, this desert planet. And then there's a little blurb that says, based on the the manga of Akira Toriyama, known best for Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball doing the character work for Tr- Chrono Trigger, yeah. and Dragon Quest, Sandland. Yeah, I mean, you saw the main protagonist in the trailer, and then you like jumped up and like ran upstairs, and you're just freaking out, and you're like, I didn't even see the trailer. I was just so like... yeah. Yeah, I lost my mind. It. Uh, a new kind of third-person action game uh, developed. Like by... there was some stealth in there. Yeah, um, some action, some like vehicle battles. It looked like a lot of fun. Yeah, you were operating a tank. This is developed by Namco Bandai. Yeah, Sandland. I remember as a kid going to Borders Bookstore, and growing up for whatever reason, my allowance was seven dollars, hmm. not ten, not twenty, not five, seven. Is that a um, week or per month? Uh, it was like every other week. Okay. Maybe it was every week. I can't really remember. Um, but Shonen Jump manga novels or just manga novels in general at Borders Bookstore were anywhere from like seven to nine dollars a piece, 10 bucks with tax or whatever. And I remember every two weeks, my dad or my mom would take me to Borders and I'd buy normally like a new Dragon Ball Z. Maybe I'd explore and get something like Trigun or Shaman King or, um, Yu-Gi-Oh or whatever. Um, but I remember once I was deep into Dragon Ball Z walk or going to Borders bookstore and seeing Sandland off on the shelf. And I recognized the character designs from, because all of Akira Toriyama's work looks very similar. Yeah. When I saw Sandland, I had to pick it up, fell in love with it, read it dozens of times, uh, as a kid. And I remember when, uh, Borderlands came out, it, it felt like Borderlands kind of ripped off Sandland just from like a character model, kind of that cell shading, just the world building itself. Um, all of it kind of seemed stripped right out of the Sandlands manga novel. And so seeing that come to video game life was just so wild to me because as a kid, again, I've read this novel a million times and seeing it come to, to video game form was pretty cool. So I don't know when it's coming out. We didn't really get a definitive release date. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this comes together. Yeah. Were there any rumors or anything? Or is this just out of the blue? Out of the blue. This came out of nowhere. And I remember people uh, and Pete Doerr's Twitch chat were like, it's Sandland. <laughs> and Pete's like, should I know what the this is? What the heck is that? <laughs> how the heck do you guys know what this is? Uh, very few people did. Uh, but I was certainly one of the few. And uh, pretty pumped about it. Yeah. Uh, next game I have on my list. Also kind of a, a surprise. Pal World. I am pumped about this one. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it looks like a this generation Pokemon game, except you shoot Pokemon to like weaken them instead of battling yeah. kind of. And it looks kind of like you have uh, like a town or a little hub area that you're able to make like manufacturing locations, put your Flareons to work and produce better guns to then fight better monsters or Pokemon. And the designs of them, I mean, there's clearly like ripped off pokemon oh yeah like you're flying it kind of looks like a a salamence from 
Violet and Scarlet, like the futuristic version of it. Um, I don't remember that name, but yeah, I mean, it looks like it's going to be great. And you, use- it's surprisingly violent. I mean, <laughs> and you use like Pokemon ball like items to yeah. capture um, and tame these little creatures. It looks ridiculous, but this team definitely understood the assignment. Yeah, they they ripped off of Pokemon and they're taking it in a weird direction to make it stand out, which mm-hmm. good on them for doing so. Pokemon yeah. with guns. <laughs> That's, if you would have told me, like 10-year-old me playing yellow version, that eventually there would be a game like fully realized open world, really good graphics, but where you weren't battling with Pokemon, you were shooting them to like weaken them i'd be like holy crap what is this world coming to yeah so i think early access for this game is next year Mm -hmm. so it'll probably be another i would think year and a half maybe two before the final game is released to the public but what an interesting game and even jeff Keeley was just like pokemon with guns i what else needs to be said i i wonder if they can get in trouble copyright wise with even him mentioning like pokemon with guns Tough to say. What was the other game? Um, Tamarin? No, no, not Tamarin. I got 3D platforms on the mind. You got Nexamon. Oh, uh, Temtem? Temtem, that MMO. Yeah. I I think it's far enough away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, PAL World. P-A-L World. All one word. Early access coming next year. The last game I have on my list, I was a little worried for Ryan. Um, I'm still praying for him because of this game. He's, uh, he's back into Minecraft, and then <laughs> yeah, coincidentally, yeah. we have not one, but two prime meat quality Lord of the Rings games coming out this year. We already got Gollum. I mean, I think it's already up for Game of the Year right up there with Resident Evil 4 Remake, Tears of the Kingdom, and eventually Starfield. And then next, we have another AAA developed Lord of the Rings game coming this fall, Lord of the Rings Return to Moria. The game is being described as a survival crafting adventure where you are in Moria, playing as dwarves, crafting and mining your way to victory. This game looks awful. Uh, I would disagree. <laughs> so in my single player world, in Minecraft, I'm actually building like a Moria type underground world. Uh, I was able to find a hollowed out mountain and I'm basically building the hall of kings like the forge area so i mean this game is pretty much what i'm doing in minecraft mm-hmm. so i'm interested to see more of it I am like too. how like I am how too. the gameplay how the loops are gonna work so i probably won't buy it at release um but yeah we'll see yeah it looks yeah. good Looks okay. Fall 2023. I mean, I'm surprised that of all the things, well, I'm not really not surprised, but of all the things they could be doing with the Lord of the Rings property, you have a fucking Gollum game Mm -hmm. and you have a Minecraft spinoff with the Lord of the Rings characters. Like, do an Aragorn, a Gandalf, Legolas, Gimli. There are so many interesting characters and stories to be able to tell in the world of video games, leveraging the work of Tolkien. And they're using Gollum in Moria to build a Minecraft game. Like, it's just to prep. Like, do another Shadow of Mordor game, all right? Talion, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the kind of the story came to a bit of a close at the end of Shadow of War, but no, let's 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 just build a Golem game. Like, it's so sad, dude. Yeah, I thought it sounded like a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's the thing, Ryan. We talked about this briefly. I yeah, think it was, it was actually P3 
Pete who mentioned it and described it. There is, um, we'll talk about it here in a minute. Hellblade 2. Sanua's Sacrifice was the first game. Um, Whatever the subtitle is in these new games. I don't really know. But in those games, this woman has psychosis, I believe is what it is. She's kind of like a paranoid schizophrenic. And if you play with headphones, there's this really awesome like audio stuff going on where you hear her talking to herself super paranoid saying all these things and you hear that voice in the left ear and the right ear all around you this spatial audio that they have over the course of the game can you imagine if they had something like that in the golem game and you're still escaping from that dungeon like you could still be the same set but it's you like crawling around hearing all the conversations between the orcs um yeah. And the conversations that Gollum and Smeagol has with himself. Yeah. And then, he, yeah, hearing that chaos in his mind. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that is such a missed opportunity. Um, instead, we we literally got probably one of the worst games ever. Ever. I yeah. mean, literally. I think it is rated like one or two. Yeah. It, it is so yeah. bad. Um, and it's not just like like Clive and Wrench. Oh, once you polish it up a bit, once they throw in a couple patches, like. The foundation of that game is objectively most reviewers quit like 50% of the way through because it was unplayable. Yeah. Which is not a good sign. <laughs> no, no, it's just so, bad. Yeah. Um, I think even in the Hellblade trailer, they had her, the main character, crawling through like a small crevice and just hearing all of the audio of like touching the rocks and the clanking around. Like, and her would, talking to herself. Mm-hmm, that yeah. would translate so well. It really would. Um, but no, we got Gollum, Lord of the Rings, whatever. They're just doing it up out there. But that's really all I had on my list for Games Fest. Did you have any other games on your list? Uh, we had Nicolas Cage make an appearance. That was pretty cool. Yeah. What was it? Uh, Dead by Daylight or Dead by Day? Something like that. He was having fun up there. Yeah, he was. It's him and Keanu. I, I think are... Keanu? Oh, <laughs> Keanu? Keanu. Fuck. Keanu uh, are allowed on these type of stages. I, I think they're the perfect personalities. They are. They yeah. are. Good times. Um, we had Warhammer Space Marine looked really cool. Oh, yeah. It did look like kind of the Gears of War looking game. Yeah, almost. Yeah. yeah just kind of hordes of enemies and yeah. shooting stuff. Um, we got a Twisted Metal series, which <laughs> looked awful. That looked... That was it, embarrassing. That looked really bad. That was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. The Falcon uh, definitely downgraded going from Marvel to... Anthony uh, Mackie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we got the uh, Bloodborne like the Life of Pi. <laughs> you, mean, <laughs> you mean Lies of P? Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe I wrote that down wrong. I don't really remember some some kid on a raft with a giant ass tiger in that trailer. Maybe that's the sequel to <laughs> Lies of P. <laughs> Whatever happened in that movie? Was it good? <laughs> I don't know. It was up for, I think, Best Picture. Was it? So, cool. Yeah. Well, this probably won't be. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it's a Souls-like. But uh, Did you download the demo? I didn't. I um, Not yet. I was going to... I was watching Lobos uh, Jr. start it. He's kind of a a challenge run Souls person. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty big streamer. So, yeah, I was going to watch a playthrough from those guys and then maybe try it myself. Life of P. Life of Pi? <laughs> Life of Pi. Lies of P. Now I can't even get the name right. Yeah. Um, I think one of my coworkers downloaded it and he had a good time. Okay. Um, some of the rolling or the dodging is a little bit different. It takes some getting used to, but yeah, he had a good time. Well, good on them for putting out a demo this early so they can get feedback from the community because I don't think that game releases until 
uh, I have a release date on my notes somewhere, but I think it's like August, September, something like that. Yeah, no, we have a ways to go. Um, I do like when companies put out these demos early and yeah. actually take the feedback opposed to some of these AAAs that you're like, they're not going to change anything. But Lies of P, September 19th. Okay. So they've got some time to kind of polish it up, yeah. take feedback into consideration. I mean, it was pretty polished. They had a demo that came out maybe earlier this year, end of last year, and it played pretty well. Um, and then I heard this one's pretty polished. Well, to me, that shows like a developer that has faith in the, the project they're developing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not if, hiding it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's good signs. Yeah. Good signs all around. But. Good stuff. Yeah, Summer Games Fest was fun. You came over. Uh, we had some chips. We were doing it on doing it up the way we do with these types of things. And I thought pretty strong pacing. I, yeah, I mean, Keely, I think our first impressions, we we're kind of harsher on it. Just kind of, you got the main titles, you got the Spider-Man, you got Final Fantasy. Um, and then you kind of have the less, I guess, A tier, mm-hmm. uh, those being S tier with kind of the ones we didn't expect, like the Sandland and the PAL world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, going through prepping for this list, I was surprised how many I was either excited for buying day one or just on my radar. For sure. Yeah, no, I thought it was a fun showcase all around. Again, if we can't get E3 and this is what we're getting in place of it, I thought it was a fun showcase beginning to end. Again, a couple lulls between, uh, but I had people trying to sell me solar panels in between, so I kind of made up for the lost time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Insane Land. I mean, come on, what a deep cut. That's just the good stuff right there. Uh, but after that, a couple of days later, Sunday afternoon, you came back to the house, and I thought we were pretty hyped up, or at least excited, looking forward to the Xbox Games Showcase. We were very harsh on the last episode. I think, you know, we were pretty disappointed in the PlayStation Showcase. We were just two grumpy old men wanting uh, or having unrealistic expectations for the current video game space. Uh, But that's kind of what you get sometimes. Yep. You know, and I thought the Xbox Game Showcase was a really good time. I mean, we wanted to see the games that we haven't heard about in a while. We saw some of that. We wanted a deep dive on Starfield to really better understand what is this game that we're we getting in a couple months. Definitely and got that. <laughs> we got the deepest dive I've ever seen for a video game. But I, I really, going back and watching some either reviews of it from like Young Yeah or just rewatching it in general, I, I do agree with Young Yeah on this that like this type of full deep showcase is really good mm-hmm. and should be closer to the standard of what we expect from like these big triple A games of like, Hey, this is what you're getting. We've put a crap ton of money in and it's not going to be these games as a service where it's like, we'll leak out like patches to make it playable. I think there's a balance to that, right? Because I have avoided everything related to final fantasy 16 leading up to launch the demo released last week. I've not downloaded it. I hear a lot of people on my Twitter timeline are saying glowing things about it, which excites me more to play it next week. That's a game I don't want to know anything about going in outside of, hey, is the collector's edition edition showing up to my doorstep the day of release? Okay, great, good, we're awesome. Um, Another example would be Tears of the Kingdom. I feel like they did need to show and highlight some of those fusion ascend mechanics early on to at least know or for people to understand what they're getting into, Mm -hmm. but not too much where you spoil stuff because those are the types of games that you want to go in with as little of knowing as little as possible so you can experience it for yourself. Yeah. And I mean, what's interesting about tears is they marketed the sky 
Yeah. And there's there's a huge portion of that game that they didn't even show. 100%. Like, what do you think uh, is important? But I think there are all other games, like, like if they came out with Red Dead Redemption 3 or even Red Dead Redemption 2, I think that's a game worth doing a bit of a deeper dive on. Okay, you have this giant open world out in the West. What can you do in this world? Is it just empty, barren land that you can't do anything? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't translate as well to, like, the Final Fantasy 16. For sure. Because it's that one's story based. Mm-hmm. When you're getting, go back to Skyrim. Like the main quest is the main quest. It's not like this deep, lush lore, whatever. Um, and I don't expect the same thing from Starfield. Or I, I expect the same thing from Starfield. It's, yeah. it's going to be. When I was agreeing with you, I think that's why this deep dive yeah. for a game like Starfield makes perfect sense. But what we're most curious about is how is the exploration going to work? What can you do in these worlds? Are they all just going to be barren wastelands? And then the mechanics behind your ships, your outposts, like all of that type of stuff. So I think diving into that could be stressful for some people. But for me, we're like, how much is there to this game? And seeing that it's not just a, it's kind of like an iceberg. There's so much down below that you can get into if you want to play it. Mm -hmm. Um well, I think that was my biggest takeaway. I mean, you and I both were exhausted coming away from that showcase <laughs> because there was there was and Todd Howard was very forward about that. I mean, he said, I get it. There is a lot here to take in. This is a lot to digest in one showcase. But we wanted people to have no questions or qualms about what you're getting into here with Starfield. And we also want to truly showcase that this is the most ambitious project that we've ever taken on. And as far as I've been alive and the video games that I've seen and been exposed to. This is the most ambitious video game I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, this I, I is so. wild stuff here. And good on them for highlighting what you can do in these worlds. Some of it's procedurally generated. Some of them are, are specific to the story. And I guess my main takeaway coming away from it is I love how you can play however you want because I was worried. I've never been a fan of the gunplay mechanics in uh, Bethesda games, particularly in Fallout. Yeah, me neither. And we were watching Pete Dorr stream this and he was talking about, he was kind of playing up a whole scenario of how he's going to be a chef and he was going to scavenge all the planets for different ingredients and then go back to his hub world and, and cook them for people or whatever. Uh, but I feel like they've created a game where you can do that. Mm-hmm. You can almost role play and figure out who do I want to be in this universe? Let me just go forward and do that because I like playing Skyrim as a stealth elf. I've tried to play as different characters, as a barbarian, as a warrior, as a a Khajiit, as a whatever, but I always end up, no matter what character I create, I always end up getting a bow and arrow and stealthily making my way around dungeons and taking people out silently. And it looks, at least on the outside looking in, you can be kind of a stealth astronaut assassin in Starfield, which (laughs) totally intrigues me. Yeah, I mean, I'm usually, usually the guy who tries to break games um which i'm sure i've talked about a lot and i like being the smith like the blacksmith i played that like kind of making my own armor trying to upgrade as much as possible and then just killing with these overpower weapons and i'm sure i'll be able to play that way um i I think the big thing for you is going to be how much is required of some of those deeper mechanics is i know you hated gummy ships is the ship building required or can i auto upgrade without adding different segments to different locations to make my ship look cool. Well, and that's so that's kind of ties into my main takeaway is on the outside looking in, it looks very much play how you want to play. 
play the star field you want to play and make it the experience however you want to tailor it. But we didn't really get a strong sense of is resource farming going to be required? Because I don't want to shoot a laser at a rock for 30 seconds so that I can get three mineral or three ore or three iron or three whatever. The right? outposts, I mean, they kind of briefly touched on it. The outposts that you can put on the world auto collect some of those resources. That's great. That's great. Yeah. But I, some of that kind of stuff doesn't super like doesn't really intrigue me. I mean, there were people on Twitter and in forums and um, columns that people were writing up in the industry afterwards that were saying, oh, I'm going to spend hours upon hours creating my favorite ship from Star Trek or Firefly, like Serenity from Firefly, or I'm going to make a mech ship like I did in Tears of the Kingdom. Like, I don't want to, anything to do with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I want the base gummy ship that I'm going to use the whole way that if I get hit three times my way to Hall of Bastion, I, my ass is going all the way back to the start and I have to restart that journey to go to Hall of Bastion at the end of Kingdom Hearts because I just... That stuff just isn't exciting to me. Yeah, they, I mean, they did mention that you can auto-update things. Mm-hmm. Like, say, just click, yeah, upgrade, whatever. I will say, though, the UI, everything, menu, shipbuilding customization, all of it looked amazing. The inventory was clean as hell. Yeah, like, that it, it didn't look It was basically the item on the left and all the stats on the right with a very high-definition picture in the middle. Yeah, just, I mean... I say this now, like, ah, that stuff is, is it optional? Because if it's required to like build the ship and do all this stuff, I don't know if I want to be interested in, into it, but like the UI looks super inviting, which is scary because maybe I do go deep on it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, at least gives you the option of, if you're like curious, you can wait a foot in and then figure out like way easier mm-hmm. um, than I'd say some other games. But the music, oh my gosh. I hope they start printing this soundtrack to vinyl now because, you know, I love my Jeremy Soul, Skyrim, Oblivion, Morrowind scores. This seems to be like on another level. Like if you could picture or imagine or think about a soundtrack that really captures the essence of space, you know, think your interstellars, Interstellar. yeah. music like that, that um, I think Hans Zimmer composed that score. Like this really seems to lean into that, which, oh, dude, I'm into it. Yeah, I I think I, I'm excited. I wasn't gonna get this originally. I'm hoped hopefully optimistic about this one. Cautiously, yeah. Yeah, cautiously. And I I think the big thing that's worrying people is it's locked to 30 frames, mm-hmm. which was announced. Um, put that up against first person shooters, which are in like 120 frames. Yeah. Sixty frames I mean it's a huge game, so I don't know. But cl- that's what people are worrying about. And then also Bethesda at launch. Yeah. Is that's going to be the thing. I'm not going to get it day one, probably. Oh, dude, I'm going to be there. Are you? Hell yeah. I mean, get Game Pass for a month. September. Mm, September 8th. That's fair. Yeah. Up. I guess I, I always forget about Game Pass mm-hmm. now that I canceled it. But I guess I'll do that. 15 bucks. Um, you know I, I mean? think that's going to, as far as ratings go, it's going to be a big, I mean, as far as what they discussed during this 20, 30 minute review, mm-hmm. looks great on paper. Well, and what then, a lot of people were saying about the 30 frames per second, I mean, there was a Santa Monica Studios developer, um, of course, got a war fame, that reached out to whoever was, there was someone that highlighted how of a disappointing thing that was. Why didn't they call this out as part of that showcase? So on and so forth. But there was a Todd Howard interview shortly after that as part of a blog post or whatever that said, Todd Howard mentioned yeah no this is 30 frames per second we cap it there because because of this game being the size and scope that it is if we were 
trying to reach 60 frames per second, I think the game would really struggle. It would burn up hard drives. Yeah. I mean, and and I get that. This game is, again, the most ambitious video game I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. 30 frames per second. Who who cares? Really? I I don't care about that kind of stuff. Zelda's running at 30 frames per second. That's almost a sure runner for game of the year at this point. Like, yeah, no one's really talking about that. I get it. It's on switch versus series X and PC or whatever, but I don't know. 30 frames per second. I'm not bothered by it. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah, um, but I'm with you in t- in the sense that Bethesda games at launch often questionable. Todd Howard and team said if they launched or shipped this game today, it would be the most polished Bethesda game at launch to date, which I get it. Not the highest bar to clear. <laughs> not the biggest back of the box selling point. I, I mean, the, I think the biggest launch that they had recently was Fallout 76. And that thing was a jank disaster. That is a low hurdle clear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it similar to Cyberpunk, the, the pageant after. I mean, we'll see where, I mean, Cyberpunk's getting DLC. So it this sounds seems... like they patched it up enough. But I, this, I mean, it's been so long since they've had a big title on Xbox they need to freaking smash this one. I think they will. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. This seems a lot less misleading than something like Redfall because you can't necessarily hide behind what Redfall ended up becoming with Starfield. Now, what I will say, and you and I both were kind of talking about this briefly, of this wasn't like some big, full, beginning-to-end gameplay demo of landing on a planet finishing a mission, getting in your ship and leaving. It was very much like these 10 to 12 second clips. Yeah. Unlike Spider-Man 2, where they did an entire sequence. Yeah. Transitions, we could see how everything kind of connected. Yeah. Where like switching between players in all the inventories and not that stuff. Whereas Starfield, I get it. They're showing so much over such a short period of time. Um, It was shorter glimpses at combat, at these menus. Um. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't feel like super misled though. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was yeah. like, wait a second. You're like, oh, my sales, like salesperson's spidey sense is going off. Yeah. I didn't really feel that, but like, let's pull the we've curtain We've been back. let down before. I'm, I'm excited. Me too. No, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. I'll be getting game, pa- game pass. I'll be there day one with everyone else. I think this is going to be something special. I mean, I think this is a generation defining game very much like Skyrim was that come out what? 25 years ago. Something like that. Yeah, I think so. I was like getting out of diapers and <laughs> yeah. learning to walk. <laughs> and then the next thing you did was Fusro Da. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I Fusro Da those crushed peas off my, uh, yeah. high chair. No, I mean, we were talking about it, um, during the, uh, actual, game show or the xbox show it's kingdom hearts 2 to kingdom hearts 3 is almost equivalent to what skyrim is as far as like big titles to to starfield yeah 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 pretty so big it's gap been a while time. since we've had one well, when pete made a comment too he said you know it's been literally it, it has been 12 years since the release of skyrim and he said I, w- I just wish all this time was going into elder scrolls 6 same here. Which which I agree. I'm like very much like Pete. I'm more Swords, of a... Swords, bows, magic. More of a high fantasy fan than I am sci-fi. Um, but I know there are a lot of sci-fi fans that aren't really into high fantasy. So it goes both ways. Um, uh, regardless, I'm looking forward to this, but I'm much more interested to see what Elder Scrolls Six ends up becoming here in the next probably eight to ten years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, speaking of titles that we didn't expect to really... Ec- 
C oh, for gosh. a while. Let's get into it, man. Is uh, Fable. To kick off the show, baby. Let's yeah. go. We didn't really see, I mean, everything said for the most part in engine. Yeah. Right. Um, we were expecting gameplay or something, snippets. We kind of saw a little of Fable with some short, I mean, similar to Starfield, short snippet of combat with magic. Yeah. But not enough to be like, oh, okay, they have a game there. It's It was more, hey, you were able to map these guys who were acting out these scenes. I'm not disappointed we saw it because we were asking for it, you know, uh, two weeks ago when we were kind of doing our impressions or expectations. But this is at the very earliest, an early 2025 game, in my opinion. Because next year, I guess it's already midway through twenty three, so probably. Well, and all the games that they they tied a twenty twenty four release date to for next year, you've got Hellblade two, you've got Avowed, you've got a number of other games to kind of fill out that Xbox first and third party lineup for twenty twenty four. I don't think it makes sense to fit in Fable, given the rest of the types of games they're going to be releasing next year, and also I feel like we would have seen a bit more from Fable had it been that far along in development. And I yeah. just don't think it is, which I think is fine. If some of these other games and their lineup release when they're expected to, and they hit. Yeah. Xbox has a pretty strong, um, next year and a half ahead of them. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I mean, the last fable trailer, kind of the introduction trailer was basically a fairy eaten by a toad. Yeah. So an exploration into kind of, like a plot cinematic, this would be what we'd expect from a normal game, right? From mm-hmm. like a Final Fantasy 16 second trailer um, would just be mainly cinematics of like, what the hell is the story about? It's like Jack and the Beanstalk. Type, it is, type yeah. Big energy there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I've never played a Fable game, but I'd be interested to get into this one eventually in 2025 or whenever it comes out. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only... We'll get into some of these other games here too. The only game I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't see, Banjo Kazooie was just a, a pipe dream. Like I know that that's you're always going to be let down if that's your expectation. Hundred percent, exactly. Um, I was disappointed we didn't see Everwild, which was the game that Rare is, I think, still developing. Um, I don't even know how to they just, have like catastrophic failure, or like most of their team go away or like well, quit or something like that. Maybe I don't. I don't really remember that being a they headline. Went, like, back to the drawing board, but. With that. Well, they certainly went back to the drawing board a couple of years ago with Everwild, but I think the last time we saw that game was in 2019. It's been like four, three or four years since we've seen it. And at that time, it kind of looked like an indie game where there were all these fantastical creatures um, in this forest. It it just had um, a very... Almost like an Ori type feel. Yeah, like it was just different, almost supernatural-like with all these weird mystical creatures, but we had no idea... If you were interacting with them, if it was first person, third person, indie game, platformer, action, you really got no indication of the type of game it was. And so I just don't know. I just don't even know what that game is. And it's disappointing for me. I'll say this 15 second soapbox speech. I just I wish Rare was doing more year over year than continuing to pump out Sea of Thieves DLC. Like it's just there's so many brilliant minds um, in that studio, and I just for them to continuing to be pumping out Sea of Thieves DLC, man. I just speaking of, we got Sea of Thieves DLC on the way, <laughs> and I know people are excited about it. I'm not trying to rain on your parade. It's just a bummer that we're not seeing any cameo elements of power. I know Perfect Dark's in development, not by Rare, but just 
weird, funky games like Conqueror's Bad Fur Day, Jet Force Gemini, we're just not seeing anything like that from that studio. And it's just a big bummer because I feel like Xbox's first party lineup could really benefit from some of that weird stuff. It's all right, man. You can step down. Dude, hold, my so hold my hands. Hold my hands. I love I mean? you. It's yeah. all right. <laughs> you, they're just gonna let you down. You gotta. You gotta break up with them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you'll get. It'll come out eventually. I mean, I'm happy with what we got from Xbox with Fable, Starfield, like the big ones that we had so many questions about, mm-hmm. and then the other one that was really on our mind that was kind of our must-have um, was Avowed. Avowed and. Talk about negative energy. A lot of people are on Twitter and wherever else talking about the cinematic design from the first trailer to this one doesn't look good. It looks almost more cartoonish. And I'm like, have you guys ever played a little game called Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, which had a cartoony style almost similar Mm -hmm. to Fable? But dude, this is the closest we're going to get to Elder Scrolls 6. We got some gameplay. We got some cinematic 2024 release date, high fantasy, action RPG, sign me the heck up. Yeah, I mean, the first trailer, we were really excited, kind of those ruins glowing on the sword and some magic. I'm getting to see more of that, what it's actually going to start looking like. I mean, it's got the same feel as, I mean, the typical Skyrim, uh, Morrowind type. You got your hands up always, which if you do it in real life when you're running, like what you would actually see first person, it would be really weird to run with your hands up all yeah. the time, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. I, I'm I need some Skyrim. I I've, we go back annually to Skyrim because we need that f- itch or mm-hmm. that fix, and having some change up to that with Avowed um, will be good time. Yeah, and Obsidian has a good track record with the Outer Worlds games. It sounds like the Avowed world isn't going to be as big as something like Skyrim. I don't really need it to be. Mm-mm. sounds like it'll be about as big as Outer Worlds. I still need to get around to playing that. But I was super excited walking away from that. I'm just glad we saw it. I'm glad we got gameplay. Um, we got a 2024 release window. I hope they hit that. And if they do, and they kind of show more over the next, you know, six to eight, ten months, whatever it might be, I think that'll be a, a pretty strong 2024 release for them. Yeah, I think so too. So uh, the next game that I have on my list, I was a little bit disappointed in what we saw from this one. Hellblade 2. We kind of briefly talked about it earlier in the context of what Golem could have been. I just felt like this was a really odd way to showcase the game. It was mainly just Senua, I think is the main protagonist. She was kind of just like inching her way through this cave. When she got through, there was this weird pond looking thing within a cave it just didn't really showcase or highlight the combat in any meaningful way. Like I wasn't walking away from that trailer. Like I cannot wait to get a controller in my hands and play that game. No, that game just needs to come out already. I mean, the last trailer I think was way better, which was they went into that cave as like a hunting party and like a giant baby looking troll thing came out and was just causing chaos. Um, yeah. I, and those, it's all been cinematic for the most part, unless this one was supposed to be gameplay of you crawling through a cave. People said it was, and I'm like, bro, that looked pretty cinematic to me. I don't know if anyone was controlling that character. Yeah. Um, so. Which it is what it is. I mean, that game is probably still going to come out, be super polished. The first one was, from what I hear. Um, but I just thought, like, for anyone that, for whatever reason, was living under, under a rock, hadn't heard of Hellblade before, very odd way to entice people into that universe. Yeah. So... Um, but yeah, it sounds like that's coming in 2024. Okay. Uh, 
circling back to a game that was shown early in the showcase, Star Wars Outlaws, mm-hmm. Ubisoft's open world Star Wars game. That looked pretty damn good to me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's supposed to be the biggest open world Star Wars game, which is exciting. I mean, playing a Han Solo type character, if you have the Star Wars name, I love lightsabers. So it's going to be hard to transition from like a Jedi survivor into just a pure guns and runs kind of gameplay. But I mean, the space combat looked cool. Um, I mean... I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. It could be a good time. Yeah. I mean, to me, this looked more, more uncharted than what Jedi Fallen Order and Survivor have been because you, to your point, you only have guns, you're exploring planets. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah parkouring and jump force jumping on things, like. all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it looked pretty cool. A uh, fun little cinematic trailer into gameplay. And then as part of the Ubisoft forward, uh, we got a, a greater, longer showcase for, for what the game is meant to be. And it looks pretty fun. Yeah, so I'm pretty pumped about that. Uh, Clockwork Revolution, uh, big Bioshock energy coming away from this trailer, kind of steampunkish first-person shooter where you'll change the past to control the future. I was I was less enthused when they talked about kind of the time manipulation mechanic. I kind of want to just I want more Bioshock. Yeah. I, I want more Bioshock likes where you, you have the plasmids, you have the guns, you have the crazy over-the-top NPCs and characters that you're fighting. Um, and Clockwork Revolution seems to have a lot of that, but kind of where it kind of differentiates itself is manipulation of time. So we'll see how that all kind of comes together. I don't know if we have a release date for that, but it seemed like it was probably more 2024. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it's coming this year. But again, anything that resembles Bioshock is kind of exciting to me. Yeah. So... Um, that's pretty much everything I had on my list outside of Starfield. And we talked that to death. So anything else on your list? I mean, everyone's favorite, the 33 immortals. <laughs> that looked intense. <laughs> I was surprised that it was by the same people who did spirit fair. Me too. Which was like an indie, like you're on a boat and like helping souls pass to the afterlife or whatever. Animals. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren really liked that one, right? She did. It was, yeah. One of her favorite games. Um, a couple but years I ago. guess now we're doing, uh, dungeons with 33 other people <laughs> basically cool. it looked like hades but you could play co-op with 33 people yeah like it was just a unique one that's why i added it to the list yeah, but yeah when we saw it 33 people everyone peed on his stream was just like what the heck yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> guess we're doing this pretty intense but um it looked pretty cool yeah i think that's all i had for xbox overall good show yeah um held up to the summer games fest is hype i think they won over playstation as far as Oh my gosh. Overall showcase. But yeah. I mean, pacing, game shown, um, the number of games I walked away, like being excited about, many of which were exclusive to Xbox. You got Fable, Avowed, Hellblade 2, Starfield, of course. So really strong showing, especially coming away from um, all of the, the Redfall nonsense and um, some of the other, I would say, not so noteworthy news, mm-hmm. negative stuff going on surrounding yeah. Xbox. They came away from this. A lot of people were pretty pumped. Yeah, now, I mean, I think coming out of, I mean, with Redfall being their, what's supposed to be a AAA type game, now they just need to deliver on it. So yeah. we, we've seen good trailers, we've seen stuff that'll hype us up, and now it's just, they need to hit those marks, and they need to pr- throw out a game that actually holds up to the hype. So, Stick the landing, man. Exactly. Yeah, we'll see what happens here in a couple months. Um, I don't think it's worth going into Capcom, because that was just kind of, I mean... Yeah, I mean, there's just kind of more into De- Dragon's Dogma. Yeah, too. Uh, a little bit uh, more of a showcase. And then they had that weird game, Path of the Goddess, which yeah. is like hands and like, 
That's why I had nightmares last night. <laughs> it's because I was watching that trailer. So that game, it was shown as part of the Xbox Game Showcase. Immediately when it started, I, I was like, is this is this an Onimusha game? Yeah. Kanutsu Gami? Yeah. Yeah. Very colorful, vibrant, weird psychedelic stuff going on. I don't even know how to describe the gameplay. Kind of almost looks samurai-like. Yeah, you're like buffing up people with electricity, and it looks like you're squad-based samurai. I don't even know. Very dreamlike. This was just a bizarre trailer that I don't think did a really good job of... um, drawing people in it was very much like i am tripping out right now yeah and it's not a good trip (laughs) (laughs) yeah like your walls are melting around you. you're like "Eh, maybe we should not do this again yeah yeah. so i guess we'll see probably on the next trailer because it didn't really show a ton of gameplay it was more just atmospheric of yeah this is a game yeah (laughs) yeah um and then outside of that the ubisoft forward just two quick games I wanted to highlight there. Again, we saw more of Star Wars Outlaws. Looks pretty cool. We saw more of Assassin's Creed Mirage. And this looks like it's totally going back to the roots of Assassin's Creed. You can actually at any time... Remember when they did Halo Combat Evolved, the 20th anniversary remake or remaster? Yeah, switch between old graphics and new graphics. So you can, in this game, Assassin's Creed Mirage, toggle a like blue filter to have like Ooh. the look of the original Assassin's Creed game. That's cool. In, in Assassin's Creed Mirage. So that was, I thought, kind of neat. Definitely a nice throwback and nod to the original Assassin's Creed game. Uh, but yeah, this is not going to do anything or draw people in that are not already part of the Assassin's Creed fandom. But I certainly will be there. Maybe not day one because it's coming out in October and we have Spider-Man 2, but I'll definitely be playing it this year. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I've played, I know you've played every Assassin's Creed under the sun last year and... um it was hard for me to get into the RPG with kind of just the slower XP mechanics, but I loved the original mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed. So getting back there, I'm 100% on board. Yeah. Yep. So that looks cool. And then uh, curious where you're at with this one, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. I actually didn't see the most up-to-date trailer for that. Okay. Um, This is one of those, like, it's going to be hard to translate that to a game. Dude, Ubisoft open world with Avatar people. Like, how could you not like that? Hey, I, I'm all for it. Yeah. I, I've seen the first Avatar once or twice. So <laughs> Add a couple zeros next to that. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. So I'm excited for a game. I'll, I'll have to go back and rewatch the trailer. Um, but yeah, we'll, I guess we'll see. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm kind of cautiously optimistic for. That got, a, I think, a December, early December release date surprising that seems like it'll be very much pushed to 2024 but uh we shall see overall again i said this about summer games fest if this is what's in place of e3 there were some duds capcom very forgettable they have been for the past few years i thought xbox games showcase they really stepped up showed some great things fable avowed starfield and uh keely put on a really fun show yeah with games fest overall i thought it was a good not e3 e3 couple of weeks yeah for sure so but Ryan, I'm kind of parched. I need to refill my beverages. Yeah, I know at the beginning of the show, we said this room was cool and breezy and we were just, it's heated up. Yeah. And it's probably because we're both sexy men. That's just right. Just talking on the mics. But yeah, we're just yeah. sweating it out over here. <laughs> exactly. And uh, we need to refill our beverages. And then I want to talk about a little mid-year check and see how you're doing with the RuneScape and Minecraft time. I've got to report in on how many platinum trophies I've gotten to this point. And we got to talk about what we're going to buy the remainder of the year. Sounds good. I'm ready for it. Let's get into it. 
Now, Ryan, if the listeners will recall, earlier this year, you and I had a rather contentious conversation around some of our gaming resolutions and goals coming into this year. Because last year, maybe it was the year before, I can't keep track anymore, you played like 1,500 hours of RuneScape in one year, right? Whoa. And then I think the next year- It was like 1,100. Yeah, yeah. That was two years ago. And then last year was 900. That's right. So I improved by 200 hours. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, but I, you know, I was, you know, not above reproach either because I got like 23 platinum trophies or something stupid yeah. last year. And I thought we've, we've got to be better, right? Not better in the sense, let's ump the hours, baby. Let's get more. Yeah. Um, it was more like, Those hey, let's noob numbers. We got to get better. Let's dial it back a bit. Right. So I said, okay, for every platinum trophy I get this year is equivalent to you playing 50 hours of either RuneScape or Minecraft. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the year, whoever has more loses technically and has to buy the other, the equivalent of a new video game or take them out to dinner, you know, whatever you want, whatever you want as the winner of this particular bet. And so as part of today's conversation, kind of a mid-year check-in, I want to hear how many games you've beaten, not the types of games or not the games themselves, just general idea of how many games have you beaten. I want to go back and hear how many hours have you played Minecraft and RuneScape runescape i want to hear the exact number minecraft i guess is gonna be more of a educated guess guesstimate type of deal and uh then we'll also kind of talk through what do we want to play the rest of the year uh what what are some of our gaming goals for the next six months okay so why don't we uh first just kind of get a general check-in and idea how many games have you beat to this point i've beaten five games five games really yep okay i've uh i've beaten 18 um (laughs) it's Probably because I put 200 hours into one game. Yeah, I was going to say because I, um, in terms, I also keep track of on the spreadsheet the time it's taken to beat all of these individual games. Yeah, what's your highest? So the highest was 50, okay, which was Final Fantasy 12. Okay, that makes sense. Earlier this year. Um, but cumulatively, 18 games, it's taken me about 220 hours. So to beat all of those games... All 18 games is about the same amount of time you've put into Zelda in like a month. Yeah, so <laughs> you can't give me crap about five games. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so I, I have five games, but Zelda, I think, was 200. Jedi Survivor was probably 40 or 50. Um, Scarlet, I don't know, but it's probably over 100 because I completed the Pokedex. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunbreak, I think probably 60, 70, and then Super Lucky's Tale, probably 10. Oh, hell yeah. There's the highlight. Yeah. Um, Good stuff. And so at this time last year, because I have, uh, dating back to 2018, all of the games I've beaten year over year, this time last year, how many games do you think I had beaten? We love guessing games around here. So you had, what, 23, did you say, at this time? This year. This year, I've beaten 18 games. 18 this point you were going ham last year keep in mind last year was also All platinums well no last year was the crazy year with the raccoons oh you were assassins creeding hard that's right maybe 12 a 15 okay yeah so i underestimated your power a little bit slower last year and then let's just keep going man this is fun i love guessing games uh, 2021 
how many games do you think I had beaten to this point in the year? 40. Uh, maybe 24? 25 games. Oh, it was close. 25 games. And then 2020, the year that everything went to shit. Yeah. Um, how many games do you think I had beaten to that to that point, to June? Probably less. Probably around 20, because you were doing a lot of the more jank, like... No, dude, in 2020, I was going hard in Final Fantasy 15, The Witcher 3. I was playing some big games. But those are some big games, so like less than 21. Yeah. 21, you're going for plats and just going ham. Yeah, in 2020, I was uh, 18 games strong. Oh, two way. Yeah, about the same number. Um, You want to keep going? You want to keep guessing? Sure, why not? Uh, Actually, in 2019, 2018, I didn't capture it by month, so it'll remain a mystery. I would say less because was it 19 or 20 that you started streaming? That might have been 20. In 2020, I started streaming. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, the big goal that we had going into the year was me to platinum less games, you to play RuneScape and Minecraft less. To this point of my 18 beats, I have three platinum trophies. Okay, of course, this was the lead up to my 100th plat. I got, let me take a look here, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, platinum, Last of Us Part Two. And Kingdom Hearts 1 are the only three Platinums that I've gotten this year, um, which I'm not going to go back in 2022 and 21 to see how many Platinums I had to this point, but it was pushing double, double digits yeah. already. Um, so I only have three. Pretty proud of myself. There were a couple of games I could have gone harder on to uh, earn the Plat, but I walked away when I felt like it was enough and uh, didn't keep grinding out them trophies. But that would then allow you... According to this bet, 200 hours, 150, technically a hundred is a hundred hours. hundred is a hundred. Okay. That's, that's fair. Yeah. We did talk about that. Yeah. Um, so, I know you tried to weasel out of that a couple episodes ago, but I'm, I'm holding you to it. Okay. So 200 hours. And I know you've at least put 200 hours in a runescape. I, you have Excel open. What is eight times 24 plus 16? Oh my gosh. Hold on a second. So we just crunched the numbers and you have. Roughly 208 hours in RuneScape to this point. Yeah, so at, when we started the challenge, I had 90 days of playtime. Just flat 90 days. And I think if you want to go back and fact check me, I put a screenshot in the Discord. Mm-hmm. I think either photo mode or whatever, wherever I put it. Um, and I'm at 98 days, 16 hours, which is how I get that 8 plus 16. Okay. Okay. Well, um, all right, I am an auditor, so we're gonna we're gonna have to fact check. Hey, it's all up to you. I, I can send you a screenshot after this. Two hundred eight hours in RuneScape, and we call it like an even fifty for Minecraft. I feel like he's probably at at least a hundred in Minecraft, but um, hey, I think you have hit some hidden platinums in there that you got on PS3 and no. just not tying to the account. So no, it's it's a solid like four hundred hours that I have open. I don't know. So right now. I am basically one platinum behind the number of hours you've put between these two games to this point in yep. the year, um, which I will probably be getting in Clive and Wrench because I'll be grinding out the platinum in that. I already have most of the trophies. I just have to beat the game and uh, clean up a, co- a couple other things. I didn't mention that Clive and Wrench actually does have a really nice platinum trophy, uh, especially for fans of 3D platformers. No missable trophies, no difficulty trophies, basically just beating the game, collecting everything and doing a fun uh, a few goofy, fun things in the different worlds okay. um, to unlock some fun trophies. So, um, so yeah, we'll see how things kind of shake out towards the rest of the year. But uh, I don't really have my eyes set on too many more Platinums, but I don't know. 
we'll see. Things could change pretty quick. Hey, I mean, as far as compared to the last two years, I think I'm doing really well. I think we're both doing pretty well. Yeah. We both should have a little virtual pat on the back here. Yeah, or a plaque. Yeah. <laughs> Something Seriously. to hang up. Seriously. Less than 500 hours by halfway through the year. Well, I can't remember what some of your other gaming goals were for the year, but one of mine was basically to work on my backlog more. In an effort to do that, I had kind of this backlog five rule mm-hmm. where with each level, the five games, the four games, the three, the two, the one, they were all split into different categories. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to beat five handheld games. I wanted to beat four retro home console. So like N64, PS1, PS2. Yeah. Three Switch games to kind of start tackling my Switch backlog. Two JRPGs in one brand new series that I have never completed a game in that series before. So I've definitely got my work cut out for me. I haven't been doing super great. Yeah. But I think these numbers are going to change because of some of my more recent purchases in Japan and some other things I want to share. So five handheld. I've only beaten one Game Boy Advance game. So I've got some work to do there. Yeah. Um, I need to hook up my analog pocket and start knocking out some of the Game Boy Color games. But I did get some great little platformers when I was in Japan on Game Boy Color. Got the Donkey Kong Land games. I got Kirby's Dream Land 2. So maybe start knocking out some of those platformers. For Retro Home Console, I beat Banjo-Kazooie earlier this year. So I have three Retro Home Console games that I still need to beat. I've only beaten one Switch game this year, Kirby and the Forgotten Lands. Um, so I've got two spots I need to fill there. Hopefully I can still do that. Mm-hmm. Two JRPGs. And again, these are, as of January 1st, 2023, games that are in my game library, right? Okay. So like Final Fantasy 16 is not going to count towards that. Yeah, this is going after backlog. Exactly. Um, so I still need to beat one more JRPG that I don't uh, that I already own, and then one new series. I definitely think I've locked in the series it's going to be, and that's going to be Yakuza or, or y- Monster Hunter. Yakuza. No, I mean it, technically yes, that would fill the spot. So um, we'll see. Um, but I'd really like it to be Yakuza. I mean, regardless, I want to play a Yakuza game this year. I recently got like like a dragon. Um, which was a very popular game, I think came out in 2020. And then Like a Dragon Ishin, which is more like the Feudal Japan okay. Yakuza spinoff game. Um, I recently bought both of those games and uh, I'd like to play through one uh, because coming away from Japan, I was just kind of like, those games are so goofy and you do, do a lot of fun things. And uh, it's obviously set in Japan. So um, that's what I kind of have um, on the horizon in terms of the work cut out for me in terms of yeah, that's con- a lot of games continuing to chip away at the backlog. Granted, you're already through 18, so I mean, that seems reasonable to get that many new games done. Yeah, the two RG- two JRPGs on top of Final Fantasy 16 is going to be the hard one, depending on how hard you go in those. I only need one more because I already beat Final Fantasy 12. Mm, okay. So my plan, I'm kind of cheesing a little bit with this. Um, I'll probably have one of the Final Fantasy Pixel remasters fill one of those spots because I have a number of those games already on the shelf, um, like the original versions, but the pixel remasters are technically new, but I don't have a physical copy. So um, I'm not really one who, when I think of backlog, I think of all the games that are physically sitting on my shelf. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really consider like my steam library as part of my backlog. Those games are just going to continue to sit there. Okay. (laughs) Maybe next year's steam. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But anyways, so how I have things kind of split out, What's top of mind for me, I have a list of must-play 2023 releases, games that 
In my opinion, no matter what happens, I want to play these games to completion or at least play a significant amount of them. Um, I have some possibly plays and then I have some no chance, but I'm Gamefly interested. What I mean by that is those Gamefly sales, if you're not capitalizing on them, you should be because Gamefly has um, some of the best quality like new condition copies you can possibly get for excellent prices. So go to Gamefly. Um, Talking Brothers is now sponsored by Gamefly. Gamefly. Use um, hashtag. Yeah, when you're uh, when you have some games added to your cart, just make sure you have the promotional code Otaku Brothers. Mm-hmm. I guess what other gaming goals do you have? Do you have specific things that you want to do or complete throughout the rest of the year? Or do you just have a list of games that you want to play and beat? So I've uh, kind of. I mean, I think the main goal is less RuneScape time. Um, you're forced the less Minecraft time, but uh, it is what it is. I have kind of games that I want to beat this year that are coming out this year. Um, and then I have a lot of cleanup um, because of how many games are coming out this year or good games have come out this year that I've started and kind of walked away from. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to go into next year with a huge backlog of like tr- huge AAA games. I, sure. I want to start off next year pretty clean. Um, so I think if I close out this list or those two categories of finish and the new games, I'll be pretty set. Okay. Um, well, where do you want to start? Um you want to do new games that are coming out yeah let me just start kind of going down let's okay. do the cleanup stuff first okay okay so 2023 cleanup i think we both have hogwarts legacy yep number one yeah that's number one on my list i started it played about five hours I was in a weird mood earlier in the year which wasn't really in the mood for certain games gotta go back to hogwarts legacy yeah and i think i have around 40 hours yeah so gotta go clean that up um and speaking of gamefly i was just big on the hype for that game coming out and i got a digital copy but then Lauren was bummed because she wanted to play it. So Gamefly had a sale and I got it for nice. 30 bucks. Nice. So I did double dip, but it is what it is. Um, so Hogwarts Legacy is a big one for me. Uh, Chia, free mm. day and date PlayStation Plus title. This is the one, a little bit of an indie game. You're kind of on this Hawaiian island. You're playing as this young girl. You can jump into and take control of other animals to kind of traverse this island. Lots of collectibles. There are towers scattered throughout the level that in very Ubisoft-like fashion or Breath of the Wild, once you go and kind of sync with the tower, you can then see a bunch of collectibles that are near it that you can go and collect. Um... This is one that just looks very easy in the mind, low stress, super cozy, lots of fun to play. Yeah. Um, I need to, I started it. I really didn't put much time into it. And this is definitely um, one I want to go back to later this year. And I could definitely see this being a platinum trophy game. All right. I'm good. I'm game for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this one looked like a lot of fun. Um, I have so many other games. I'll probably eventually get around to playing it if you really like it. Well, and little PSA, um, there are copies, physical copies on Amazon on pre-order now. Okay. And it comes out in July. Cool. So I, of course, had a snack. little physical dish. I have zero room left <laughs> in my place where my video games are. And I'm like, I, I have to be really selective now. Hey, join the club. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just add another bookshelf <laughs> like last year. So. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So she has won uh, the next big one for me. Tears of the Kingdom. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. How I'm thinking about really tackling that game because it is so overwhelming is uh, coming back from Japan. I really did want to get back into anime. Um, I got a subscription to 
uh, Funimation, mm-hmm. I believe. So it's I have Funimation or Crunchyroll are the big ones. Yeah. So Funimation is the one that I have. I want to clean up, finish Dragon Ball Z. I want to go back through Dragon Ball, um, Sword Art Online. There's a number of anime that I want to watch, and I feel like having that kind of stuff on in the background while I'm clearing shrines, exploring that world, um, I think would be a good way to kind of propel me through the game. Because I'm not really someone that can jump into Breath of the Wild and just like headphones on, play that game for eight hours in a row. I know that's very much your I, I've I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was 16 hours in a row. And um, it was that first Saturday that it came out. But yeah, I mean, for exploring the world, it there. I mean, there's not a ton of music that I can really remember. What's well, that soft uh, piano? Yeah. yeah, it's nothing too crazy. And I I, be, I watched shows as well. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a good way to do it. Um, I would definitely try to shrink the world as much as you can by going after the towers first. And mm-hmm. it allows you to kind of get to those regions by teleporting or fast traveling. For sure. For um, sure. And then finding shrines around around the way. So okay. I think it's doable. Um, I also recently, because I, you know, I went Kirby crazy in Japan. One of the first games I ordered when I got home was Kirby Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Mm-hmm. This is a game, Ryan. You know I have problems, right? I do. Oh, I do. Okay, just making yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean you've gotten like every Disney jank game under the sun. Yeah, yeah. So you know how hard I go on particular franchises. I watch a movie series. Twelve games show up from eBay the next week. Um, I get like fifteen Kirby plushes. I come home. I clean up on Kirby games. Return to Dreamland Deluxe is a remaster of a Wii game of the same name. I have that Wii game. Guess who's never played that Wii game? Really rusty. That's right. But I still ordered the Switch game uh, for pretty much full price because I'm an animal. And so um, I do want to play that this year because Kirby's so cozy, so comfy. And I could see myself playing this alongside like a Final Fantasy 16 or a Spider-Man 2. um, Big action, heavy kind of dark storytelling. Um, you know, wind down at the end of the night with some curb. Not a bad choice. So I do want to play that. And then I'm trying to think of anything else that I've purchased that I haven't yet played. Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster. Okay. I started the fourth game. Um, didn't get deep into it because again, I was in a weird mood earlier this year. Uh, but those are the games that I've purchased so far this year that are 2023 releases that I've yet to roll credits on. Um, I guess I'll also kind of squeeze in games that I want to clean up towards the tail end of the year. Forspoken, I want to return to that. Possibly clean up the Platinum. I don't think it's too intense, okay. um, but I'm really just trying to help you out. I want to make sure you get those RuneScape hours in. I appreciate you, bro. Yeah, so <laughs> probably clean up that Platinum towards the tail end of the year. The main reason for that is to see, because I did enjoy Forspoken, if I go back, clean up the Platinum in like October, November, that'll give me Game a fresh perspective. Type. Like, yeah. is this going to squeeze into my top 10 possibly? Um, so, so we'll see how that kind of shakes out. Uh, but those are all my currently owned games. Okay, that... I just have two others. Okay. Um, so I own your copy of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Dude, hell um, yes. If I'm between RPGs, which it looks like I won't be, but I want to get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, just with number two coming out. Um, yeah, uh, that's on my list. Mm-hmm. And then also one that you missed is Halo Infinite. Dude, yeah, we got to go back to that. Yeah. Not 2023 releases, but yes, we'd have to go back and finish that. Yeah. If maybe September, if we're getting bored of Starfield or it's just overwhelming us, I think a good shooter hopping in, couch co-oping that one would be a a fun offset to that. Dude, hell yes. We had so much fun with that. You can sleep over. We'll get some pizza bagels. We'll do it up. Some Mountain Dew. That was 
what? We played five hours straight and we're like, shit, it's like two in the morning. Well, that's because it took seven hour, hours to <laughs> yeah, install on our play, or, uh, on our Series Xs. It and, did, so. yeah. But luckily, we're, we're past that point, so yeah. I, that'd be a good one to go back to. No, that's a good call out. I totally missed that one from my list. Gotta go polish up Infinite for sure. Um, I have a couple games. These are on my must-play list, Ryan. Okay. Bear that in mind. Because, I'll listen, hold you to it. We have millions of listeners that are waiting for Rusty Ari Lewis 2011 to share his impressions of this game because... You changed your name. Are you going to keep referring yourself to... That's just the joke, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah okay. It's, it's Relui on YouTube now, but you just got to keep referencing the 2011 guy. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lord of the Rings Gollum. We got to do it. <laughs> Fuck. All right. <laughs> we have to play it, dude. You got to come over. I'll watch you. I'm not touching that game. We're going to we're gonna make some Five Lembus bread stick. and we're just going to crush it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess I guess I'm signed up for that for the now. people for the listeners you know no it'll be interesting to <laughs> do, you, do you hear the enthusiasm in my voice I, I think it'll be a funny experience it'll be like playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order day one with all the jank dude those dropped frames but you gotta probably you, way worse yeah no we gotta play Lord of the Rings Gollum so that's there what else do I have on my list here That's pretty much it outside of the games that I know I'm going to buy. So Final Fantasy 16, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm in there day one. Got that little collector's edition with the steel book and probably the soundtrack that has two and a half songs on it. We got Spider-Man 2 later this fall, October 20th. I'm sure we're both going to be there day one. That is on my list for sure. Yeah. For new games coming out. That's going to be great. Uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage comes out October 12th. That's going to complicate spooky season games and it's going to be complicated more by Spider-Man 2 coming out just a week later so i'm probably still gonna get mirage day one but i'll save it for like a november why December. do these fucking studios do this like this entire year it's been like back within a week yeah of these games coming out we had star wars and then we had tears of the kingdom we had elden ring last year and horizon like what the hell are they doing mm-hmm. they need to talk they do because i can't suffer through a <laughs> Pumping 60 hours in an RPG in a week. Dude, it's absolutely... And I have to work and sleep and eat and all that other jack that being an adult is required for, so... Absolute torture that we have to play all these great video games. God, first world problems yeah. are the worst. It really is, yeah. Um, so it's Assassin's Creed Mirage Starfield, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to get in there day one. Yes. We're going to get in there day one. And then that's pretty much everything I have on my must-play list you have anything else on your uh, so i have spider-man 2 i have mirage i have starfield and i want to try armored core 6 oh that's very much a fires of rubicon yeah it looked i mean i've never played an armored core game i love me some from soft and it gives me a zoid type feel mm-hmm. um so i'm going to try that one okay yeah good stuff um i have three possibly play games these are games that i could see getting caught up in the hype cycle buying day one even though i probably um, need to cool it on the day one game purchases. Mm-hmm. Lords of the Fallen. Yeah. I saw that on my anticipated. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. That, that, I think that's going to be like you and I like, dude, you, you want to do this? You, you want to be bad? You want to be bad today? <laughs> yeah. Let's be bad today. Let's go get Lords of the Fallen. That's usually how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how you got your PS4. So. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. But that's also October 13th. I know. Yeah. October's crazy. Um, and speaking of October being crazy, Alan Wake 2, October 17th. We should just cram another six games into October. Yeah. 
I mean, if I get those two games, it probably wouldn't be in October. Um, but man, there's just so many good games, especially in that fall season. And then Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Um, if I've exhausted my Ubisoft open world um, nonsense, I won't pick it up. But if I'm like hungry for more after Assassin's Creed Mirage, I could see myself possibly getting Frontiers of Pandora at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, looking at my list, I have some beefy games to finish. So we'll see. Avatars on my probably maybe list as well. Yeah. And then my no chance, but Gamefly interested for 2023 releases, Life of Pi, of course. Right nice. At the time. Life, Life of Pi. Uh, no, <laughs> Lies of P coming September 19th. This is the Bloodborne-like game. Um, I haven't played the demo. I probably will try and download it to get a sense of, is this my kind of game? Could I see myself picking this up day one? But I probably won't because I'll probably be deep in Starfield. Yeah, I mean, I, for this one, I'm probably not going to pay full price for. I'm yeah. going to wait for a discount. For sure. This is definitely a good game game to pick up on Gamefly. Sea of Stars. I don't think this is getting a physical copy. Maybe it is. This is a very much a Super Nintendo era JRPG that's had a lot of hype surrounding it. Um, people are deeming it like the next Chrono Trigger or the Chrono, tri- Chrono Trigger of today's generation. Looks really nice. Okay. I think it may have been Patreon backed, or not Patreon backed, Kickstarter backed, mm-hmm. uh, developed, funded, however you want to describe that. I don't see myself getting this game day one just because my JRPG backlog is out of control. Yeah, it is. Out of control. Um, Especially some of those Square Enix games on PS5. I recently picked up Star Ocean, The Divine Force. Um, I think I made... Chaos One. Yeah, Strangers of Paradise. Um, I still have Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII, uh, that, that remaster that came out, the PSP game to PS5. My JRPG backlog again, out of control. So I don't, I don't see myself getting that game. And then this is an interesting one, Alone in the Dark. This is a survivor ho- survival horror game that I think got its start on the PlayStation 1. Okay. And they are kind of rebooting the series for current generation consoles. That's coming out October 25th. Definitely not a day one game for me, but I could see myself, if it ever drops on Gamefly for a nice discount, I could see myself picking it up. Okay. So, cool. um... Those are all my new releases. So, yeah, I mean, the first half was great. So, I mean, the second half is living up to the same amount of hype. Yeah. As far as new. Do you have games. a, do you have a, um, I guess let's, let's do two quick questions. Front runner for game of the year right now. And then biggest surprise so far. Uh, I mean, I think tears of the kingdom is probably front runner. It's, I'm surprised that game is able to do what it does. Yeah. And I mean, in, it's not in number one purely based off of time. It's in number one purely based off of quality and what was able to be achieved. Yeah, that's fair. It's a, I mean, Breath of the Wild was fantastic, and this one just builds upon a great foundation. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Okay, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, and what then, about you? Um, what's your surprise pick? Like, oh, man, I didn't think I was going to get this. I didn't think it would hit as hard. I think I already know what your answer's got to be. Pokemon Scarlet. Yeah, right? Yeah, I mean... Arceus didn't didn't look fun, um, but yeah, picking up Pokemon and being like, I I'm happy to be back in this world. I, I'm I'm happy. It's dangerous. I'm surprised that's not a RuneScape Minecraft Pokemon thing. But I didn't think I need to include I, I, yeah. it because you were. I, I stopped myself. Um, but yeah, 
I mean, I bought both the games, Scarlet mm-hmm. and Violet. Oh, I know. So I keep track of your Switch log. I know you do. I don't. Getting or turning off Wi-Fi doesn't even stop. I don't know how that works. No, you did because I saw your your Zelda gate hours stopped uh, updating, and I'm like, this bastard. Oh, I well, I came over here one day and I didn't realize my switch was connected to your Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. but it's I dislocated mine, mm-hmm. or got rid of mine, and it was like, oh, sixty more hours <laughs> into Zelda. It was an accident. Yeah, I didn't mean Who to did that. Uh, okay, so now I'm dis- I canceled out of your Wi-Fi too. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm getting platinums on Lauren's profile, and you didn't know it. So, <laughs> oh, Lauren has a profile. <laughs> Shit. All right, what are you going to do find about her. it? What are you going to do about it? Um, yeah, my game of the year front runner, I would say probably Resident Evil 4 Remake is up there. I mean, not a surprise, but just polished all hell. I mean, it is so good. And I love Resident Evil 4. Originally played it on the Wii. And uh, what a fun experience that was. And yeah, these Capcom remakes are just on another level. And Resident Evil 4 Remake is no exception. So that was excellent. Surprise game for me, probably... probably uh, a tie between Final Fantasy 12 going back to that game and going as deep and as hard as I did on it. Yeah. Playing it to completion in just a few short weeks. Um, that was a really good time. And then Theatre Rhythm Final Bar Line. Like, I played Theatre Rhythm Final Fantasy and Curtain Call on the 3DS, you know, 10, 15 hours a piece. I didn't go super hard on those like a lot of other folks did. But man, that bar, Final Bar Line just ruled my life for like a month. It was so good. It's just, I mean, it's just comfort food gaming, man. To just hear those Final Fantasy soundtracks, playing them in rhythm game formats, constantly unlocking all kinds of fun collectibles, squad, like getting your 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 fun, like favorite four characters together that are constantly leveling up between songs that you're playing, discovering music from Final Fantasy games that you didn't know, had some really kick-ass soundtracks like Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, Oh man, it, it is just endless amounts of joy and fun. And uh, I constantly walk away just feeling full of joy. So that's a good choice. I imagine I'm going to keep going back to that game deep into the year. Definitely a possible grind it out for the platinum trophy. But my gosh, is that going to be a hell of a grind? We'll see. Uh, but yeah, that's probably the surprise hit for me. That's a good choice. So, dude, we've just been eating good this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, it's all solid games. Man. Slow down, people. What's the worst game you've beaten this year out of your 18? Uh, describe worst. What do you mean by that? Um, your lowest on a ranking from 1 to 18. Yeah, that, that's got to be a Hey Arnold the Movie, Bob. <laughs> Probably got to be Hey Arnold the Movie on Game Boy Advance. Yeah, That can't be real. Is that really a game that you've beaten? Yeah. You're joking. Really? Yeah, this is the second game I beat in January, buddy. Holy shit, you're right. It is on there. <laughs> well, wow. That's out of left field. Yeah. Well, whoa, whoa, congrats. I like, I like to keep people on their toes. You know what I mean? Um, it's like, that's a really weird thing for you to go to first. Oh, you know what also slapped earlier this year? Goldeneye and Xbox. Mm. Gosh, that game controls like a dream with the Xbox controller. Oh, I, yeah, I can imagine. Dude. Oh, I got to get back to that. That was good stuff. Uh, but yeah, dude, there's just been some great releases this year. Like I said, we've got to do a lot of cleanup. Chia, Hogwarts Legacy. I want to go back to Forspoken, clean that up towards the tail end of the year. And get back to Sunbreak as well. Monster Hunter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We got Final me. Fantasy 16 in a week? Are you kidding me? Gosh, what a time to be alive. I mean, really, just good stuff out there. Yep. 
<laughs> yeah, it is. Dude, I'm just excited. I know. I'm excited, too. Video I'm games. just hot now. Yeah. <laughs> Unbothered by these games. It is pretty steamy in here, but let us know in the Discord, all right? Get in there on the fun discussion. Let us know. A little mid-year check-in. How many games have you beat so far this year? Um, what's, what's your front runner for game of the year? And what's been your biggest surprise to this point in the year? All right, get in the discord. Let us know total number of beats front runner for game of the year and your biggest surprise so far. All right. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise send us an email at otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. Write in with a question, send us an audio question, anything that makes the show better. We're all about it. And if you could just do me a quick favor, whatever podcasting app you're listening to, Go and click the five stars or however you can show us some love. Drop a comment, drop a review. We love it. Really appreciate it. And because of like metrics and reporting and wherever else helps the algorithm for mm-hmm. podcast, if you're listening on Spotify, hit that five star. that means mean the world to us. All right. Ryan and I don't really do this very often, but um, I think every 30 episodes, we ask for people to kind of support Yeah, us. it is definitely not often. Yeah. So do us one, uh, a nice little favor. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Like I said, at the beginning of the show, uh, we are taking auditions for a co-host for a future episode here in two weeks. If you want to join me in this hot, steamy ass game room to record an episode of the podcast, I'd love to have you on the show to talk about, uh, well, again, you have to send us a pitch of what you'd talk to us about and we'll see if you're a good fit. <laughs> so um, get at us, slip into my DMs, let me know. As we come to the tail end of every episode of the podcast, I typically turn things over to Ryan to ask him if he has any fun facts or parting words for the listeners, but it sounds like he really slacked this week and didn't have a fun fact. Yeah, thanks for calling me out there, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll double up next time. Mm-hmm. I'll get some facts about some of my places that I visit on my next two vacations coming up. That sounds good. All right. Um, Stay safe out there, all right? Stay healthy. Get outside, touch some grass, get some of that vitamin D. But not right? for too long because there's games to be played. That's right. There's way too many <laughs> yeah. games, all right? Dude, you're telling people to touch grass. Come on. Go outside <laughs> and then go right back in, all right? Play those video games, sit your butt right on the couch, enjoy them, and then we will be back in just a few short weeks with more Otaku Brothers. See you.